Mike Seibert Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Call the Mike Seibert Radio voicemail hotline 231-224-MIKE. And write into the mailbag, Radio at gmail.com. And that spelling is S-E-I-B-E-R-T, just like it sounds. This is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week from Seattle, featuring spotlight interviews, independent artists, and occasionally more. And this week, my guest is Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko, from the Transmissions Podcast, and we're going to discuss his experiences at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago and tons, tons more, because by now, no doubt, you've seen the runtime for this extra double bonus size podcast. All of that and more on this all-new episode of Mike Seibert Radio. But first, let's kick things off with some shout-outs. Shout it, shout it. Thanks again to Brooksy for meeting up with me at Louis G's last week to talk about RadFest 2019 happening Saturday, May 11th. Check out episode number 209 for more details about that sick show and samples of music from all 10 bands. I've got a link in the show notes. 15 bucks presale, 20 at the door day of show, doors open at 11, show starts at 2, 10 bands, 10 hours of live local music. Don't miss out. Um, I also wanted to give you a quick update on Deadbeats, the music-themed horror anthology from A Wave Blue World. Uh, we talked about that back in episode 207 with Tyler Chin Tanner. Uh, there's still time to back that project. Uh, head over to awbwkickstarter.com. Um, so if there is a premium reward tier that you had your eye on, don't miss out. You still got a few days. Uh, but the project was successfully funded, uh, actually on Easter Sunday, of all things. So shout out to everybody that uh, went out and backed the project and make it a success. So Deadbeats will happen. Uh, that's a that's a great book. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but now they've uh, they've rolled out a few stretch goals, including a premium cover stock with a spot gloss, uh, a couple mini prints, and a a new exclusive Kickstarter edition that will be for backers only. So if uh, if you've already uh, pledged to back the project, maybe revisit it, maybe up your pledge uh, if you want to get uh, one of those uh, uh, the six stretch goals. Again, that, that new cover, um, a couple uh, prints, and the very special Kickstarter edition. Uh, the Kickstarter for Dead Beats ends Thursday, May 9th at 5.59 a.m. Pacific 
time, awbwkickstarter.com. And finally, I uh, I wanted to congratulate Aaron, Ryan, and Caleb, the Autopod Decepticast, on 100 episodes. Um, and I want to especially thank everybody who contributed to the celebration gift that I shared with the guys. I really appreciate it. I know that they've recorded the episode, but as I'm recording my own podcast here, I don't know if it's dropped this week or next. Uh, So anyway, look for that in your feeds. Episode number 100 of Autopod Decepticast at Apoddecast on social media and autopoddecepticast.com. Here are some exciting coming attractions. So I teased this a little bit with my conversation with Brooksy last week, but tune in Monday night, April 29th from 9 to midnight Pacific time for the one night only return of my original live KGRG show, Mike After Dark, featuring surprise guests, specialty music, and more, celebrating 30 years of today's rock on 89.9 KGRG-FM. Alumni Week is going to feature more than 15 different returning KGRG veterans who now work professionally in the radio industry and broadcasting today. Uh, They are going to be doing daily live DJ shifts without a net, from Monday, April 29th through Friday, May 3rd. Streaming to the world online at KGRG.com as well as on TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and on the KGRG FM app, which you can get on your Apple and or Google Android device or whatever. Um, here's the deal. Uh, KGRG has a has a very small, what we call a, a broadcast umbrella. You know, it's a college radio station uh, broadcasting on a low power frequency. It doesn't kick very hard. Uh, basically, I think if you drive away from the campus, it'll start to fade. I mean, I think uh, some of my friends in kind of like the South Sound Tacoma area can pick it up on 89.9 FM, but um, where I live, I, I've, I've always had a tough time uh, kicking in uh, the station there. But again, all around the world, you can pick it up on the online stream, on the website, and the app works very, very well. Uh, like uh, I, I remember back in the day, we got f- calls from like, you know, folks in Japan and Czech Republic and things like that, you know, uh, discovering our station and enjoying the music and celebrating in today's rock. So, um, Again, if you're outside of the greater uh, Seattle-Tacoma area, uh, drop by KGRG.com and just see what it is, just to kind of get a, a sense of what the hell I'm talking about here. Uh, but check it out. It's uh, it's going to be super rad. And, uh, and for even more information about the month-long anniversary celebration, I've got a link in the show notes uh, to a really great article in the Auburn Reporter uh, talking about some of the other festivities aside from a alumni week like uh, apparently there's a uh, car bash that's going to be happening on the uh, on the campus as well as a uh, benefit show uh, that uh, that is happening on uh, Friday May 10th uh, headlined by the home team uh, which I'm sure I will talk about uh, during my shift uh, Monday night I'll find out more information about that um, I created an event out on Mike Seibert radio Facebook uh, with some of that information also uh, but man I I, I tell you, it's it's a hell of a lineup for alumni week and and it's a it's a real honor 
uh, to be included in in that lineup and to uh, be invited to participate. Um, I, I think the lineup has been posted in a few different places at this point, and I know I've leaked it, quote unquote, um, in a few different places as well. But I've uh, I tell you what, man, I've got a tough act to follow uh, going on Monday night at nine o'clock, uh, right after uh, Seattle radio legends Bob Rivers and Spike O'Neill finish up their uh, shift. Uh, Bob uh, was definitely a mentor of mine during my time at the college, and and yeah, the two of them together uh, uh, raised all kinds of hell on the uh, Seattle radio waves for uh, the better part of thirty years. So that's uh, again that 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 is going to be a tough act to follow. Uh, but man, I I mean there are a lot of all time KGRG greats that have um, that have made real names for themselves uh, uh, here in Seattle and beyond. I mean like you know Buckner and Slickhawk and Gator and Ryder, uh, DJ No Name, uh, uh, formerly from the End, uh, Gordon, who's now producing a top uh, morning show out on Kiss FM, uh, Julie Pilot, uh, uh, JP's doing a shift, uh, Ian from Metal Shop. I mean, I mean, just to name a few. Uh, but of course, also one of my great mentors, Charlie Harger, um, is in the mix also, and I'm I'm really excited to tune in uh, for that. Uh, just uh, just as a fan and a occasional co-worker and I just like to tease him so I think that's uh um th- that is going to be a lot of fun and um I I'm sure that this is just my imposter syndrome talking here but being the most recent graduate of the program that's uh that's included in this lineup um I I'm not sure uh, I, I feel like I belong here the least, uh, but I, I've got a really fun show planned. Uh, I, I've got some music I've set off to the side. I've got some really fun guests. Um, there may even be a surprise guest or two. That's why I'm that's why I'm being coy because a couple of folks may not have gotten back to me yet. But uh, uh, but there are going to be some surprises in the in the Mike After Dark tradition there. Uh, but man, I got to tell you, I am really excited excited to do a live radio show again and if you like this podcast Mike Cybert Radio well that's where it comes from it started as Mike After Dark and then you know it grew and developed into other iterations and so it started as a live radio show and eventually uh, became a podcast with a with a bunch of stops in between but if uh, if you like what you're listening to I think you're really going to enjoy Monday Night Show again that is 9pm to midnight Pacific Time Mike After Dark returns KGRG.com 30 years of today's rock Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and joining me right now via Skype is Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko, from the Transmissions Podcast and Yakko Yaks. Uh, thanks a lot, man. Uh, I really appreciate you joining me tonight. This is going to be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, well, I'm kind of worried after listening to your last show. Well, you know, and and feel <laughs> and feel free if there if there's stuff that uh, that you want to call me out on, don't be shy, please. Oh, oh, that's fine. I got I got one thing. Oh, cool. Pocket, ready to go. <laughs> good, good, good. I because yeah, I I'm yeah. I'm excited to have good conversations about stuff because yeah. really, uh, it's it's one of those things, and I've I've lost track of which episodes I I've said it on, but it's like my my. Uh, 
relationship with Star Wars fandom has gotten really weird recently, and I found myself mm-hmm. almost, uh, I mean, it, it sounds kind of odd coming from a you know 40-plus-year-old man, but I find myself very confused at times. It's like, is this stuff for me? Do I like it? Do I not like it? It's just, and, and I've, I've never experienced anything like that before, because usually well, it's... I, I- I totally get that. I mean, and I went through that with Transformers, you know, sure. in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But- yeah. See, and, and that's interesting because, like, you know, some of the things that I, I've... I, I talked about and again I've lost track of what show it was but but like kind of comparing my fandom with Transformers to Star Wars and the thing that's interesting about my Star Wars I'm sorry about my Transformers fandom is that it really kind of dropped off I, I kind of jumped off at uh, at the Beast era and then got back on um, uh, with uh, the Dreamwave comics so yeah. and I and I've been with the comics uh since uh yeah. you know all, all through Dreamwave all through IDW and all of that but I I never collected any of the toys and really a lot of this uh um oh my gosh I mean I think I like I tried to watch some Unicron trilogy but it was one of those things where where I realized it wasn't quite for me uh yeah, that that I, I really tried with with like Armada and then tried with Energon and I think with Cybertron I was just like no not for me yeah <laughs> yeah I I remember really kind of trying to give Energon a chance because it's like I think I kind of like this because I I think there was something about like the the weird vague cell shaded type of animation that yeah, I th- that was like real popular at the time mm-hmm. there was that spider-man series that did cell shaded stuff yes exactly yeah and i was like maybe this will be okay and yeah get gave it a, a couple few episodes i'm like oh this is garbage yeah so- i mean and it didn't have the stories to back it up like beast wars we on alt mode this week we since there's no no new comics and we're out of stuff to review mm-hmm. i did the first two episodes of beast wars and oh cool you know Compared uh, compared to the the 3D stuff we get today, it, the the animation is garbage. Oh sure, but in, in '96 it was revolutionary. But right, um, my Alexa was just talking to me. Um, <laughs> it, it, it starts in 96, playing. The animation was cutting edge for the time. Yeah, but also the whole series had a, a strong story behind it. Mm-hmm. So you could forgive, you know, animation issues if it has a good story. It, the the Armada, or the Unicron trilogy didn't really have that. Exactly, and you know, getting back to your point about uh, about Beast Wars, and you know, looking past it, it's it's okay for something to be of its time. I, I mean, look right. at look at G One for goodness sakes. I mean, especially oh, yeah. like those Acom <laughs> episodes, and and it's you know, a lot of folks will just say, oh well, you know, Acom is garbage. Toei is where it's at. It's like that's not the case either. I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the animation there were animation errors in both, but. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, so and, and it's funny because you'll you'll talk to G oneers sometimes that that will I mean kind of kind of the 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 truck not monkey crowd you know a lot of those and it's like wait a minute you got to put things into perspective. I mean, the, the animation quality was never great to begin with. I mean, what, what really made that stand out was, uh, the character development and I I'd say the voice work more than, more than, because even then, like, um, beast wars had really good, thoughtful writing, G1 had some of that from time to time. They would kind of like flirt with it and have like some, you know, really iconic episodes or some really good storylines. But for the most part, it was Saturday morning garbage meant to just sell toys. There, there, there was yeah. just not that depth there. And I think it's one of those things where, uh, cause I mean, like I, I've recently revisited some stuff and it's, it could be a hard sit sometimes, especially in uh, season two, because that that stuff gets really laggy, you know, where it's just it, it's really just kind of a MacGuffin of the week type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, while while uh, the Beast era uh, never really was kind of my jam, I, I can at least say, well, you know what, that that was some really well, well written stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm getting I'm getting way off track way early. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> but I was just all all that to say I can yeah. I can understand and appreciate the the whole like the people that have issues with the current Star Wars. Yeah, you know, but you know everyone has a right to be wrong. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and that's fair. That's fair. Well, yeah. and because, I mean, I think a lot of where I've come from on a lot of things, it's not necessarily from a standpoint of I'm right, you're wrong, or kind of like, uh, you know, young Indiana Jones at the at the beginning of Last Crusade. You know, it's like River Phoenix comes stumbling out of the, the mountain cave, and he's like, where is everybody? He looks around, doesn't see any of his friends. He's like, everybody's lost except for me, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I, I don't I don't necessarily feel like that, but I, I, I do feel like, you know, the material isn't necessarily for me in a way that, I haven't really had to encounter before because even even in the prequel era, um, you know, it's like, well, this isn't this isn't my jam, but um, but hey, at least I get to watch a Star Wars in the theater. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure what's changed in my mentality between 1999 and uh, 2017 with uh, with the Last Jedi, but. Um, yeah, it's just like it, uh, and like I've said in, in several other places, it, it, that movie really did kind of give me like a existential crisis of sorts. It, 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 uh, it really made me examine things like, cause I, I feel like one of, one of the themes is, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, uh, stop worshiping your toys and learn from failure and you know kind of like uh um borderline nihilism at times um yeah 
you know, and and I I just remember being kind of gobstruck. Like I I don't know if I need this in uh in my fantasy uh space war uh space fantasy movie where it's always been very clear. Uh, you know, kind of classic storytelling. These are the good guys. These are the bad guys. Light side, dark side, you know, mm-hmm. red lightsabers versus multicolored lightsabers. <laughs> and and where The Last Jedi tries to be more contemporary in its storytelling, and I do understand that, I I don't need shades of gray in my space opera. If if I if I want that, I'll go watch some Marvel movies or, you know, consume some other type of uh, media, I guess. But that's and and again, I'm not going to stand on the mountain and say that, like, I'm right. I'm just I guess I'm just kind of speaking to my own personal experience. And I think that's, you know, maybe a summation of other things, you know, like maybe where I'm at in my life and, you know, my attitudes on things. Yeah, well, with Last Jedi, I I, I agree that it, Ryan Johnson did go a bit too far. I mean, I, I enjoyed the movie, but the whole trying to subvert your expectations, you know, on every single point yeah. was just too much. I mean, he, he, like, he has this whole trilogy he's working on. I'm like, this is this would be something great for you to spread out over your own trilogy, mm-hmm. you know, these ideas. Yeah. Trying to fit them all into one movie is too much, too fast. If yeah. he had done maybe just the the Luke arc with you know the the whole Luke Yoda culmination, sure, you know, and had that been the only one that where it's like this is not Luke is not acting like we're expecting him to, mm-hmm. then at the end, you know, he comes around and does you know the badass you know force projection stuff, sure, but. You know everything else, like the Canto bite scene, throw it out, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> tighten up the rest of the movie. I think it'd be fine. But he just he was just trying to do every single story arc had something. I mean, you know, it, I, I enjoyed the movie, but yeah. I can see why it's like people that that really like the Snyder DC movies. Yeah, I'm like, this yeah. guy does not know superheroes. Hmm. I'm not looking for a Superman that breaks necks. <laughs> exactly. Or or so. that that actively dislikes being Superman. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like I I got yeah. no time for that. Yeah, Superman would never obey his father when his father says don't save me from a tornado. Right. He would go and stop the tornado. <laughs> exactly. He he would find a way. Um right. yeah, uh, unfortunately Zack Snyder's Superman is not very creative. Um, He's not. No, and, I mean, it sucks because um, the, the guy plays a. He looks the part for Superman. Oh yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> so and, and like, that's, give him something to do and let it be colorful too. Exactly, and that's really kind of the tragedy of the fall of the DC Snyderverse. Is my issue was never with Henry Cavill. I mean, it's yeah. like you know he looks the part, and even like in Justice League, you get to see him do like a little bit of you know cracking a smile and kind of having yeah. fun and and all of that but yeah it's it's just so much gloom you know that that uh that Snyder well, because Snyder made Watchmen and yeah. he's trying to make the regular superheroes be like Watchmen and 
Watchmen is the exact opposite of the superhero genre. Exactly. <laughs> on purpose. Well, and it's so weird because there's like an entire generation of dude bros that totally missed the point of Watchmen. That, you yeah. know, it's it's meant to be a, a deconstruction on the superhero genre. And... Um, I, I feel like with the movie, I, I don't dislike that movie. I, I, you know, I, I like it. Okay. It's about an hour too long. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, but the thing is, is I, I feel like it was made maybe five years too soon. Yeah. And the, the reason why I say that is because, um, when, the original comic came out in 1986, you know, right about the same time Dark Knight Returns is, that's when the market was ready for a a deconstruction. You know, it's like mm-hmm. break it down to its parts, build it back up, and say something about the genre. Whereas... Especially because you just had, like, the big events like Crisis. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the pump was primed for something like that, whereas... In a, and I'm just now thinking of this right now, so, so apologies for just a stray random thought, but... You would you could almost get away with doing Watchmen now, like like well, in, H- HBO is doing a Watchmen series. That's right. I I keep so, forgetting about that sometimes. I'm I'm I'm, I'm wondering how that's going to turn out. You know, and and you know, if if my hypothesis holds any water, that might actually because it, it's almost a story for like a post Endgame type uh, mm-hmm. type landscape. You know, yeah. to where again where where you deconstruct. Uh, you know these superhero archetypes, and yeah, it's it it is one of those things where I I just I bristle when uh people lose the miss the point, and and I feel kind of the same way uh with people that hold up Dark Knight Returns also. Um, I mean it it's fine, it's great, and I and I will never uh, uh discount its influence. But as a story, as a singular work on its own, it's it's awfully dated. And yeah. and especially what we know about Frank Miller as a person now, it makes it hard to to go back. I mean, it's like there's I mean, there's there's, you know, all all the Nazi imagery and a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff that I mean, I, I just read it last year just to just to kind of test the theory. And yeah, it just it made me feel a little squirrely. And it's just like, why why do people worship this so much? And I I, I came away with more questions than answers. But that's. That's uh, that's not really here or there for what uh, for what we're talking about. But, um, you know, and I realize that that now that we've been talking for like over 10 minutes or so um, uh, before I, you know, formally, uh, you know, reset and introduce you and all, all of that other fun stuff. Um, uh, what kind of time constraint do you have? Um, like like, do you do you need to be done at a certain time? Not really. I mean, um my wife's gonna fall asleep with the kid so okay and, and she's been working so much it's probably good oh to just let her sleep so sure sure you know it normally we start transmissions um around probably around 8 30 my time and oh, okay. go until 11 30 12 so you know it should be fine 
Oh, okay, very good. Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, you know, I just kind of want to make sure I'm being respectful of your time and oh, yeah. and all that oh. because, uh, you know, ha- having uh, listened to an episode or two of my show before, I can go at length and as we've already had just like in this little pre-show it's yeah. it's tangents within tangents and and focus can be a challenge for me at times so yeah i i'm there with you that, that's why we have uh a, like pretty strict show notes and yeah charles to keep us in line <laughs> well and and it definitely works yeah. because that that's one of the things i enjoy about transmissions is that it's tight you you guys yeah. do run a tight show and it's so funny because like I'll listen sometimes and I'll feel like oh man I bet you there's more meat on that bone that they could they can discuss but yeah if it if it if it spills too far over then yeah suddenly you're doing like you know two three hour episodes it, yeah <laughs> and some of the early episodes were like three four hours oh sure and- yeah <laughs> when we're still learning and stuff, but we, mm-hmm. we've been trying to add like, you know, if, if there's a, a toy topic that we think might be more yeah. of a discussion point, we, we've been trying to kind of add something in. Sure. And, um, experiment with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, you can only talk about like uh, another third party Grimlock for so many times. Yeah. Yeah, and well, and that and that's interesting too. And this is kind of like a weird side tangent, you know. Since since a lot of this stuff is so new to me, it still kind of has that ooh gee whiz. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's I would imagine covering the material as exhaustively as you guys do, it it does seem like it would be uh, it would be difficult to not get jaded at at times because yeah it's like well, how many more third-party grimlocks do we need you know that, that kind of thing yeah well I mean, plus like particularly with our show because charles and i don't really buy too many toys um you know for me it's just like i, I can't really justify it because i i have a, a kid and so if i'm buying you know toys it's yeah. gonna be something that he can play with so i'm not gonna buy a third-party you know figure for a few hundred dollars that, you know, if he gets his hands on and breaks, you know, that'll be a bad thing. Yeah. But Daryl's kid is older. Um, like she's, I don't know exactly. I mean, she's like in grade school. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she knows better than to, or she knows how to play with a, to- a toy without breaking it. Ah, so, right. So, you know, Daryl's all about getting the toys and he likes getting the old, you know, junkers and fixing them up and stuff. So, you know, Charles and I can only talk about, you know, these toys that we are never actually going to see in person or holding our Mm -hmm. hands, you know. So, you know, we can make comments based on pictures, but I don't think it's super interesting after a while. Yeah. So I'm trying to do like we one of the, the topic we did this week that was more of a discussion was the. Uh, Maz toys, the rumors that they're going under. So we talked a little bit about that. Oh, I'll, I'll, have that, to, I'll have to check that out because yeah, I, I hadn't heard that. It, are are they the same ones that that made that uh, that are making that giant sound wave I was talking about not too long ago? I don't think so. They oh, did okay. the the crowdfunding thing for their. Um, they were doing Tetrajet seekers. Oh, okay, sure. And they did their own crowdfunding. They didn't go through like GoFundMe or Kickstarter. Mm. 
and they I think they only got like seventy percent of their goal. So, oh, okay. Interesting. So we 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 talked a little bit about that and speculated on what it could be and stuff. Yeah, and that 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 stuff and like the the whole like copyright and patent stuff are, are really what excite me. You know, the back the backroom stuff of the toy industry. Sure. Yeah, and I and I tell you, it's like it it's something that I it, it's a topic I haven't heard. Uh, discussed deeply enough for uh, for my satisfaction, for lack of better word, because like uh, keep in mind, like two years ago, I didn't know what the hell a third party transformer was. <laughs> yeah. So, and to kind of get thrown in the deep end of like, wait a minute, so there's this whole arm of toy ma- manufacturing, and there's multiple companies, and some of them are the same companies but with different names. I mean, this is very confusing and then i kind of fold my arms i'm like wait a minute this is outright ip theft where's a how (laughs) why why did i mean and having attended you know a couple tf cons now and i'm like so the only extent where hasbro wants to reach out its arm to say hey we're still here is don't show that don't show the 86 movie to uh uh to congoers but yet we can allow an entire dealer room well that it's like this it, is why you never actually see hasbro at tfcon sure absolutely hasbro canada used to come to tfcon in canada um but at, when they start really embracing the third party stuff that ended yeah yeah and and i wonder if uh somewhere down the line you know colin and the gang are gonna have to you know make a choice you know it's like i think i think they already have they're just like we're we're going all in on the third party stuff yeah yeah, that's that that's a that's a really good point because yeah, I mean at this point all of uh the guests are sponsored by, you know, all of these uh third party vendors, you know, whether it's, you know, yeah. uh Chosen Prime or Agabus or Robot Kingdom or mm-hmm. or or whatever. So yeah, you're right. I, I I um yeah, I guess I overlooked that because yeah, they they seem to have made their choice where it's like, yeah, this is this is the scene we're all about and I I hope it doesn't go sour or blow up in their face because I I I do enjoy a TF con and I mm-hmm. I would like to see it continue. Um yeah. and it's interesting because like uh um you know as as folks have heard me talk about I uh, you know I missed the botcon era. You know, it's oh, like yeah. I I didn't yeah. even know that 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 was a thing. What well, you know what? If I scour my memory banks, I'm sure I had heard of it because, like, you know, I would see like you know some of the, like the 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 fan club comics or some of like the exclusive figures, and but I it think was there were even some like extras on some DVDs that mentioned Botcon. Yes, in fact, I I remember uh, specifically on the. 
uh, 20th anniversary um, edition for Transformers the movie the Sony version yeah mm-hmm. there, there's there's like a like a show walkthrough or something for like that year's BotCon and I remember like uh, like Vince Ticola and, and Stan Bush you know talk about oh well yeah and we you know we performed at at, at you know these BotCons and you know, and and uh, mixing things up a little bit. I remember, like you know, Neil Ross telling the story about like you know he would go to a botcon and there would be people like you know in in line down around the corner and they're like, oh, they're they're here to see you, you know that mm-hmm. that those kind of things. So yeah, so I I missed out on that entire scene, but that's uh. What what I actually kind of like about TFCon is that it doesn't feel too big. It's not, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not this huge mammoth thing to where you can't get through. You know, like say maybe like like a C two E two or a Star Wars celebration. Exactly. That's what I would get into. That's that's what I oh I was <laughs> I I had my segue legs on and I'm like I can curve this around and we could start talking about the Star Wars celebration. I know I got a segue in me, so <laughs> um, so with that, why why don't we just go ahead and um, uh, jump face first into it? Um, uh, yeah, so so Jeremy, you had the the opportunity to go to uh, Star Wars Celebration. You went as a fan, not necessarily uh, you know uh, repping or stumping for the uh, the transmissions podcast. Um, the, the, the views. And, and opinions are solely my own, not re- representative of transmissions. <laughs> there it not, is. Not that anyone on transmissions would really care. Right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess I guess let's just start there with uh, because I mean I I do have a whole bunch of conversational related questions that we'll kind of unpack as we go. You know, maybe talk about some of the reveals. Even yeah, I mean because I mean with the reveals, it's been a couple weeks now. But I I what I'm really more interested in is just kind of like what your experience was like just kind of like you know from from a fan perspective because i i remember like in 1999 when we're you know doing the ramp up to episode one in fact i don't remember if they had even titled it phantom menace yet it was just like you know episode one and that was the first star wars celebration and they've done it occasionally yearly since they've had some in europe it's not a yearly thing Um, right Although they they did announce it's going to be next year in Anaheim, I saw that and that's that's pretty exciting. And so yeah, so I mean I mean just like it was for the first time around. And actually, it's kind of interesting. I just now landed on this where the first Star Wars celebration was celebrating the the hype for the release of Episode One, which mm-hmm. is arguably depending upon who you ask, not me, but uh, that's the beginning of the saga. Now we're uh, ramping up for episode nine of uh, the Rise of Skywalker, which should close out what is now being called the Skywalker saga of uh, of the Star Wars saga, and and that that does seem kind of uh, poetic in its way, where it's you know it's you know twenty years later, um, yeah that that's. Man, I like I said, I, I just now stumbled on that, and that's kind of kind of bending my brain a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they they did mention that um, one of the panels to close out on Sunday was a 20th anniversary Phantom Menace uh, panel, and they showed pictures from the first celebration, 
which is apparently I think in the Denver area, and oh. apparently it, it, it rained. They, they, it was like it was so small. It was in like these these tents, like these big tents and stuff. And it was like muddy and stuff. And so that would have been, probably been a fun one to go to. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and I I bet you there's there's folks that say you know I was there, and yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, so yeah, so, so I guess, I guess Jeremy to start with, um, so you, you've obviously been to, uh, you know, several, uh, fan conventions before, you know, it's like, uh, you know, bot cons, TF cons, you know, whatever, but have you attended something on this scale and this level before? Well, I mean, I had just been to C2E2 a few weeks earlier. Okay. And it's in the same complex. It, both of them were at McCormick Place in Chicago, which is this complex of convention spaces. But they were in different buildings. And I thought, you know, C2E2 is huge. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, Star Wars Celebration is probably going to be on par with this. But it's just one fandom. C2E2 is kind of, is multiple fandoms. Yeah. But celebration dwarfed it, in in my opinion. I, I think the number I heard was like around seventy thousand people. Really? Wow. Uh, do you happen and, to know what the the uh, ballpark attendance for C two E two is? No, I, I, I'm not sure. I, uh, if I had to guess, it'd, it'd be close to that, maybe. Or, or oh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. It, I know it's like number three or four in the largest comic book conventions. Yeah. And, and, and the reason why I ask is because, uh, you know, here in Seattle, we have Emerald city comic con, which Mm -hmm. is also a read pop show. Very, very similar to C2E2. They have the same parent companies and yeah, that's pretty comparable attendance, you know, between, uh, uh, I think Emerald city last I checked runs, you know, 80 to almost a hundred thousand across the entire four days. And that's, that's just insane. So, but but again, that's multiple fandoms. Yes. And this is just star Wars. So it's kind of insane. Yeah. I, I, my mind is boggled that yeah it would yeah. be 70,000 people in the same area and that it dwarfs C2E2 because i mean that's that's a pretty big show again that's that's a uh, uh on par with uh, Emerald Con here in Seattle in fact i think it's bigger i i i think it's one of those things where it switches places uh right uh from time to time but but um but anyway yeah so so uh correct me if i'm wrong uh cuz i suddenly don't have the date in front of me but it Star Wars Celebration ran from Thursday all the way through Monday, right? Right. Yeah, it was Thursday, April 11th through Monday, April 15th. Wow. Thursday was no panels or anything. It was just um, the dealer room was like, or the dealer room. It was like this big Mm -hmm. event room. Um, They had that. um, They were still setting up like the the Star Wars show stage where Mm -hmm. if you watched any of the streams... They were still getting that all set up and doing sound checks and stuff. So no real life programming that day. Okay. But it was neat to go in and, you know, all the vendors were there. They had a giant TIE fighter and a giant X-Wing set up and you could take pictures. And um, not say giant, I mean like life size as in, you know, on scale with people. Wow. So that was really cool. See, and it's interesting because I saw p- 
pictures of some of that stuff. And I know sometimes pictures, even, even when it's got comparisons, it doesn't necessarily communicate scale. So it's like, yeah, I, I've seen some of some of the pictures of like, you know, like the the giant Tie Fighter, like you were talking about, and it's like, oh well, it's a giant Tie Fighter. But I would imagine standing near that thing and seeing it in a in the convention center w- was probably quite the sight to behold. Yeah, and, and the Tie Fighter was built by a fan group, because I mean, there was oh. explicitly said said there that it was built by a fan group. I'm not sure about the X-Wing. I think that might have been done by Lucasfilm, but okay. I'm not sure. Interesting. Uh, yeah, but it, it was just, it was amazing work. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the the X-Wing had like carbon scoring marks, like it had been in a battle. Uh, I, I kind of wished though that they had like put a like yellow boot around the um, you know, one of the landing gear to be like, welcome to Chicago. <laughs> that would have been cool, you know, or like, you know, yeah. from like Chicago police, but like, you know, ha- yeah. have it like an Arabish or something like that. So yeah. uh, that that would be cool. That would be cool. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, um, what uh, what drew you to Star Wars Celebration or um, how were you able to, you know, kind of get in? Like, I mean, is are, are because like the like the the way that you're uh, describing it with like Thursday, that sounds like, you know, the old preview night from San Diego Comic Con. You know, it's like they would have yeah, it like Wednesday much. or something like that, where it was you could walk the floor, but it wasn't necessarily like a show day. Right. Um, so, I mean, are, are tickets like super hard to get? Um, how, well, how's they, that? Yeah, they sold out incredibly fast. Like we lucked out because mm-hmm. my job in it means I'm always in front of a computer. <laughs> um, but when, when they went on sale, you know, you had to jump on and we lucked out, um, because our kid is, is I think under six got in free. Nice. And so our kids is for, um, so I only had to worry about getting the two tickets and I managed to get two five day tickets for me and my wife. And, Mm -hmm. um, that then there was a hotels, which was a mess because they, they did this like virtual line thing for the hotels where, um, all the, like they, they were, they were, they had agreements with a number of hotels in Chicago, but, I was able to get initially like um, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, I think, or Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, some Mm -hmm. like three days at this one hotel. And then I got five days at this other hotel that I didn't really want because it was further away. Yeah. And I ended up somehow like, like a month before the convention, I was able to like enough rooms had cleared up where I expanded that three day into the full time and canceled the other, but it was, it was just a big mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, I know, I mean, there's probably no good way of doing this, but yeah, you know, it, that's unfortunate and that and that's one of the things that that we kind of take for granted with going to smaller shows like say TFCon yeah. where it's actually like at a hotel and right. often there's a pretty generous block of rooms uh that are available like um you know I I I, I remember when we went to TFCon in Chicago last October there there was there was a couple things where they had to go back to the hotel like a couple times to try to mm-hmm. you know allocate more but 
with TFCon LA, it was like, you know, they're, they're from what I observed, it didn't seem like there was like a shortage of rooms or anything like that and seemed pretty well attended. And that, that, that just makes it so much more convenient. I, yeah. I, and, and some of my friends, um, that I met up with there had like one, one guy had a hotel room out by the airport. Another, um, group of friends had an Airbnb that they got that was pretty close to the convention. So if I were to do it again, I might go the Airbnb route just because it's a little, you know, more comfortable. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, so we, we know that your Transformers fandom is very well documented on, uh, on your mm-hmm. own podcast, uh, you know, uh, uh, as part of Transmissions. But um, I, I don't know if I've heard you talk about your uh, Star Wars fandom uh, at, at any length. Um, how, um, how, how was this for you? Was it, was it like, you know, everything you'd always wanted or, you know, is, is, this, is this something that you've always wanted to do? I have always wanted to do this. It's like my Star Wars fandom. I've I've talked a bit about it on my Yakko Yaks podcast, mm-hmm. which is like a sometimes, occasionally it comes out. <laughs> um, but I I have you know I I was born in '78, so mm-hmm. I was like right at the right time for a lot of the Star Wars stuff. And ever since I like heard about celebrations after I had been doing bot cons and stuff, I'm like. I really want to go to one, but it seems like they're, it's always too expensive. Yeah. And it's either in like California or Florida or mm-hmm. London or, you know, nowhere close. And then they announced this year's in Chicago and I'm like a three hour drive from Chicago. So I'm like, if there's any celebration I'm going to have a chance to go to, it's this one. And yeah. my wife is also a big star Wars fan. So we're like, this is our vacation this year. Mm-hmm. Well, and I would imagine that Star Wars fandom is a is a family affair too. Is the uh, is the yaklet in uh, down with the the Star Wars? Yeah, and we um, we were worried because he's you know we, we've got like the Darth Vader and Son books and mm-hmm. stuff, and oh, I love he those. was like BBA for Halloween a couple of years ago mm-hmm. in one of those like cute little you know toddler costumes. Yeah, but he hadn't seen any of the movies until like December. So we, we showed him the original trilogy and then leading up to celebration, like in the, the month or so before we got him up to speed with all the movies. So he no longer thought that Darth Vader and the stormtroopers were good guys. <laughs> you know, well, you're a kid and you see Darth Vader and you're like, he's the coolest person in the world. Well, he's got a cape. I mean, of course, right. you know, the cape and the red lightsaber. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's cooler. So I, I was afraid that, you know, I, I wanted him to experience everything Star Wars kind of with the movies first. Sure. So, like, when he got to the big scene in Empire where Vader, you know, tells Luke he's his father, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I wanted to see what that reaction was. Yeah. And that was great. Cause he, he looked at me. He's like, did Darth Vader just lie? Oh, wow. <laughs> so that was great. Oh, that's that's awesome! And you know, uh, to tangent just for a quick sec, if you if you don't mind my asking, what uh what viewing order did uh did you guys choose? Well, I I showed it to him first in the original air date order. You know, okay, four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, and he he is not going to see Rogue One until he's much older. <laughs> 
Ah, smart. <laughs> um, but my, my preferred viewing order is a, a modified uh, machete order. Sure. I do Rogue One, four, five, two, three, six, or yeah, two, three, six, seven, eight. And then, you know, solo sometimes maybe uh, Phantom Menace once every 20 years. Okay. <laughs> That's that's convoluted. In fact, I I'm like trying to do this the uh, this beautiful yeah. mind kind of like trying to s- visualize the numbers as I'm going through well, because yeah, uh, basically it's it's Rogue One and Four, which basically you know back to back, and then yeah, Empire. You get the revelation about Luke and you know Darth Vader and Anakin and all that, and then you go back to the prequels and yeah. you see that happen. And then you see the redemption of Vader with six. Yeah, I, that's my favorite component of the machete order is that you yeah. you get the prequels almost as a flashback, you know, and and I I like that. And because there there's a bit of a time jump between Empire and Jedi. So, I mean, so it already feels like time has passed, so it feels appropriate to kind of shove in a flashback story, and it also kind of, it it has this unintentional effect of uh, stretching out the cliffhanger that much more. It it's right. it somehow makes the the cliffhangers established in in Empire that much more potent, and it's uh, it is interesting. I've uh, it also makes the Empire or the Emperor seem that much more evil. Absolutely, in Jedi. Well, because like when we all met him when we when we were kids when we first see the Emperor, he's just an old guy that comes off of uh you know the back of a starship. You know, it's right. just like this is the emperor that we've been hearing about for for these last couple movies. I mean, okay. I mean, cuz I mean even then like when he's in his full menace at the climax of Return of the Jedi, it still doesn't quite have that resonance that maybe it should have if we had met this guy a little sooner. Yeah, so then you know, you see He's pulling all the strings mm-hmm. from the beginning. You're like, okay, this, this is one really bad guy. And then, you know, hopefully they're going to wrap up everything with him as well. Yeah, and, and I guess let's uh, um, let's stop there for a hot sec um, because, I mean, we haven't even talked about any panels or anything you actually yeah. did on the show floor. But, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to stick with that perspective on uh, Palpatine, uh, who has been officially revealed to uh, make a return in Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. And I, I'm very surprised by that move, and I don't know how that makes me feel I still have like a lot of really weird un unresolved feelings about the episode 9 trailer and just kind of like where it's all going uh, but I, I guess before before we unpack too much of that um, how, how do you feel that's going to go with uh, with bringing uh, Papa Palpatine back to the about back into things I'm I'm optimistic because okay I, well, one thing I know J.J. Abrams is great at making trailers that say a lot but don't say anything. Yes, yeah, so, I agree with that. And and then one of the panels, Ian McDermott said that they pulled that laugh from somewhere else in the series. He didn't go in and record anything specifically oh, for the, the trailer. Okay. So that that laugh came from some older Star Wars movie. 
Um, mm. Just, you know, because it's a trailer. It, yeah. You know, it's just a, a taste. Yep. Um, but in the current canon, they've stated that uh, only only light side users can, you know, make force ghosts. Okay. And it goes into, like, Qui-Gon first, like, discovered the secret, but he he died before fully, um, like, fully learning it. So, mm. in, like, some Clone Wars episodes, he was only able to, like, come to Obi-Wan, like, once or twice, just as a voice. Right. But, and, and I think he came to Yoda and taught Yoda the, the secret. That's why at the end of Re- Revenge of the Sith... Yoda tells Obi-Wan, you know, I've learned something from an old friend. Mm-hmm. That's how they tie it in. But so Yoda fully learns. We see him as a force ghost. Obi-Wan does the same. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how Anakin at the end of Return of the Jedi is a force ghost because he never had time to learn. Right. I mean, th- this is like retconning, uh-huh. you know, what Lucas just thought would be a great thing to put in. Mm-hmm. But it's been said that Sith can't do that. So I my speculation is that some kind of haunting of the Death Star pieces that we see. Oh, okay. There's been an arc in I think it was the Darth Vader comic uh-huh. recently where some old Sith possessed a a, a helmet. Yeah, that uh, that that artifact. Yeah, yeah, moment. So, yeah, that that. So, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So so you know apparently Sith can like their presence can remain in artifacts and stuff. And mm-hmm. since Palpatine, you know, died in the death star as it exploded. Why, you know, I, I think that they will have him somehow possess that or he, or Darth Vader's helmet. Yeah. Yeah. The actual helmet. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, Interesting, and I, and I gotta tell you, Jeremy, that that kind of turns me around a little bit because yeah. in in my cynicism, I was like, wait a minute, so we're gonna have Force Ghost Luke versus Force Ghost Palpatine, maybe with a, a side order of Force Ghost Anakin, and it, it yeah. reminds me of a a Red Letter Media video I watched. You know, the the nobody's ever gone, <laughs> no one's ever gone, <laughs> and and it's yeah. it's like a four minute montage of every character. You'll, you'll all the all the old Jedi exactly. coming back. You'll see, you know, Sam Jackson right. back as a force coach. Yeah. That loser that got smoked by Django Fett, and, you know, that that guy's okay. And yeah. because no one's ever really gone. But. Yeah, but no, I, I think the the helmet idea really excites me if that's the way they go. Because sure. what if Kylo is thinking that he's hearing Darth Vader's spirit talk to him, but it's really Palpatine that's been manipulating him throughout, you know, taking him to the dark side. Yeah, I I tell you what, I don't dislike that theory. That's that's pretty darn cool and I think that would be that would certainly be more satisfying than uh than yeah, if we're just doing ghost v ghost type mm-hmm. uh type of stuff because I don't I don't think anybody uh, wants to wants to see that so no but but I would love to see um, like Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor do some you know Force Ghost cameos with Ray. Sure, yeah, I I, I could get down on some of that. That would that would be kind of cool. 
just ha- get get you know Vince Nicola to sub in for um you know the soundtrack for a bit and have a little training montage. Oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. We're just running up and down beaches, and you know you yeah. s- you see uh you see Ray's footprints, but you don't see anybody else's footprints, and yeah, Anakin and Obi Wan are running with her. I I I I can handle that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but but I, I do think we're going to be seeing, you know, we're definitely going to see, you know, Mark Hamill. Oh, yeah. You know, so we're definitely going to have Luke as a force ghost. But I would love as a wrap up of everything, mm-hmm. at least have some cameos of, you know, Hayden Christensen, especially because he he got treated so badly for the prequels. And yeah. it really was his fault. You know, yeah. The, the stilted acting and the bad lines were not stuff that he came up with. <laughs> he was doing right. what his director was telling him to do. Yep. Uh, and Ewan McGregor, I think, is awesome. And I would I, anytime I could see him as Obi-Wan, I want to see him as Obi-Wan. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. And I, uh, you know, uh, recently we've heard that kind of the, the future spinoff movies are kind of on hiatus for now. Uh, but I, I still think there's a lot of gas in the tank if mm-hmm. uh, Disney wanted to do a Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi adventure. And yeah. and I, I think everybody would show up for it. But what I think would be best, and this is just me, just one curmudgeon talking, is you just do it as just a solo adventure. Uh, pun not intended you know where it's it's just a one-off adventure of ewan mcgregor as obi-wan kenobi you know maybe if you want to put it it like that between three and four era you know where he you know he's still like age appropriate i'm cool with that um but the thing that i that that still kind of put me off about solo is that we're doing so much origin story heavy lifting stuff i don't i don't need to know where han solo's belt buckle comes from or right you know that that bugs me a bit too Mm because i mean like rogue one i thought was an excellent movie yeah and that i i I love i love rogue one solo i enjoyed what it was but like you said we we it's answering questions we didn't really want answered or you know, need answered. Yeah. Yeah. But Obi-Wan can have some adventure while he's there in Tatooine. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke knows him as that old wizard. Right. You know, so what is the legend of Obi-Wan or yeah, of Obi-Wan yeah. on Tatooine? You know, in, in that, you know, 18 years or however, he however long he was there, there has got to be some stuff that have happened as mm-hmm. he was, you know, secretly protecting Luke. Yeah, I mean, to where even Uncle Owen is just like, oh, that, that wizard's just a crazy old man. It's like, you know, where where does he get wizard from? You know, it's like, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, think, I think there's a lot of meat on that bone. And, yeah, I just... Uh, yeah, I mean, if if you can uh, tone down the origin stuff and just make it just a, a fun, cool adventure, um, yeah. I I think that's a I think that's a really 
a really good way to go. But I've uh, I, I've dragged us way, 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 way off track. Uh, um, it's still Star Wars. It, it, well, yeah, definitely. Well, and and it's Star Wars with me, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, so but actually that that reminds me because something we were we were uh, talking earlier. Um, you had uh, you had listened to uh, uh, one of my previous podcasts where I was kind of talking about Star Wars and all that, and there was a uh, uh, there was something that you wanted to uh, mention and call me out on, if I remember correctly. Do we do we want to handle that now or come back to it later? Oh, we can do it now. It, basically, I, you know, as, as you and your guests were talking about, yeah. you know, the convention and stuff. Uh, what is Boba Fett like? What what is his armor? Can you say that? Oh, <laughs> what what me and my friends do sometimes, and I I was funny. I, I was I was I was listening back to the episode as I was editing it, and I don't know if we ever actually said Mandalorian. <laughs> because, you didn't no, because like, we. Th- th- is he doing this on purpose? Yeah, it, and it's one of those things where you do it because, like, there there's a few different. It's like uh, Mandalorian, Mandadorian, yeah. and and a couple other things. And we, I think, sometimes we, and and that's kind of like how we talk when yeah. we're like at work and seeing each other. Also, to where it's like, I I think sometimes we forget to actually say the actual thing. Yeah, <laughs> but I kind of figured that's what it was. But I wanted to give you a hard time about that i appreciate that that's that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> if i had time and if i wasn't like finishing editing a, a long c2e2 yeah. video i was gonna clip out every single time you said that <laughs> and, and play on my soundboard but oh that's good oh that's funny yeah. <laughs> oh because it's it's just one of those terms where it's 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 you know, and and it's easy to have fun with yeah. a lot of the Star Wars stuff because a lot of it is just kind of nonsense talk sometimes. It is. Especially the words, you know, the names. Yep. Absolutely. But, but I mean, I did you did you guys I can't remember. Hmm. You guys were high on the Mandalorian or not? Absolutely. I well, I I was high on Mandalorian from the very first image. You know that okay. that that first teaser image that John Favreau tweeted out, and I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but I know he looks like Boba Fett, and it's uh, you know, it looks like it's a vaguely Western type of dusty theme. I'm in, uh, yeah, because oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, because I mean that's basically what it is. It's you know, like uh, the actor that plays the Mandalorian, who mm-hmm. we still have no name for the character other than the Mandalorian. Uh, he says that there's a lot of Clint Eastwood in it. Nice. And, you know, it, it is going to be very Western-like. And I I am, like, out of everything I saw over the weekend, mm-hmm. including the Episode 9 panel, uh-huh. um, The Mandalorian is what I'm most excited about. Gotcha. It, it just, it, it looks, you know, like Rogue One looked like star wars it it looked like you were there with you know about to be in a new hope Mm -hmm. and it's the same feeling yeah yeah i I don't know if you've seen any of the leaked footage and stuff 
Well, um, it, and and it's interesting. So yeah, so so jumping around a bit, we we may as well stay here and and talk about this for a few because that was that was a topic that I di- that we ran out of time. Basically, like you know, we we had to we had to cut it because everybody had to work uh, the following morning. So it's like okay, we 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 spent too much time on our on our tangent, so we we just weren't able to get to it. But prior to recording, and I could tell the story now. We uh, prior to recording, we uh, we watched the um i not not the trailer because there isn't a trailer but it was like yeah. it was like like the 2 minute kind of sizzle reel we watched that yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that that stuff I had already seen, Um, you know, because so when Celebration was happening, you know, I uh, I worked both on Friday and Sunday. So I watched the episode nine trailer more or less like when it dropped. And uh, same thing with Mandalorian. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like I saw some of the some of the footage kind of live i would kind of dip in and out of the uh the live stream but what i didn't see because this must have been much later in the panel is they showed what's basically like i guess what i would call like an entire segment of the show yeah and they blacked it out for the stream oh but, okay but john favreau neglected to say don't record like he forgot oh <laughs> I, um, I I wonder if that's a quote unquote forgot or I I don't know, but I mean the the next day's panels where they showed stuff um, that wasn't on the streams. They had big scary looking guys in suits walking up and down the aisles. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, so, yeah, but it they showed like pretty much a whole you know maybe five six minute scene. Yeah, um, it. And, it it, it looks great, and then they showed like a little sizzle reel, like you said. Yeah, and I imagine that part will get released, and then you know, as we get closer to to it coming out. Gotcha. Because yeah, it's like I I don't I don't know if it was just um, a couple different segments that had been edited together for this person that uploaded it, but yeah, it was. It it was a lot. I mean, it's like you know, you get a lot of uh, Carl Weathers, you know, uh, yeah. dealing with the with the Mandalorian. You uh, um, you yeah, get to uh, Werner Herzog. Herzog show up, and I, I think you get a little bit of Gina Carano too, if I if I remember correctly. But I think she's more in the the kind of sizzle part at the end. Oh. That's the part with like IG eighty eight and stuff yes, like that. and yeah. and that was the thing. It's like that that whole sizzle reel thing, that whole thing that that uploader put up, is what sold my friends on it. They they were a little skeptical. They're they're like, eh, yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever. But yeah, as soon as you uh, see IG eighty eight doing his thing at the end of that. And I'm I'm especially excited to hear what Taika Waititi does with it, yeah. Because I think it's it's going to be quirky, it's going to be fun, it's basically going to be a uh, Korg as a murder droid, I think. Yeah. And and I I I can be there for that. I I really like that idea. So and and again, a Boba Fett Western is is something that i've always wanted you know it's like like uh like i shared i mean going back to high school that was like one thing that just uh maybe i had just seen unforgiven or something like that but it was just like no i'm like no man i i need to see uh a fet in a western and that's i think what john favreau says that he had wanted 
mm-hmm. and he had been trying to pitch, you know, this type, this concept to Lucasfilm for a while, and they paired him up with, um, oh dang it, the name escapes me, um, Dave Filoni. Oh, has, sure, yeah. You know, he he was behind Clone Wars and Rebels, mm-hmm. and now I think he's head of all the animation stuff at Lucasfilm. So they paired him up with Dave Filoni and, you know, they are basically doing for, like, this has got enough stuff for new fans, but he says basically a love letter for, you know, original trilogy fans. Oh, yeah. It's set five years after Jedi. So it's like the New Republic is forming, but they're still having problems and being on the outer rim you're going to get the the benefits of the New Republic after everyone else. Like, you know, Coruscant is doing well. Mm-hmm. But wh- whatever planet in the Outer Rim this is set, not so much. Right. So you still see Imperials running around trying to... I, I think... I don't know. I don't think they said it on the panel, but I've heard other podcasts talk about it. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you look at the Nazis after World War II, because yeah. Star Wars is very much an allegory to like World War II stuff with, you know, the empire is the Nazis. Uh, you have the Nazis fleeing to like Argentina and stuff. Yeah. I think we're going to see similar things here where you have pockets of stormtroopers trying to hold on to power and, you know, escape with whatever they can, you know, and, and try to maintain mm-hmm. some semblance of, you know, their lifestyle. So, that really intrigues me. I, I love the lore stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's kind of cool. We, when we can go like, you know, chess deep into, into something like that. And, you know, I mean, I mean the Mandalorians as a culture is something that's really ripe to kind of get this type of spotlight. I mean, obviously we've seen them in uh, Clone Wars and in the comics and in, uh, especially in rebels. Uh, they, yeah. they got a lot of play there. Um, but yeah, so, so to kind of see some of that in a, in a live action, uh, I think would be really cool. But, but I tell you the thing, I mean, and again, as I already told you, Jeremy, I I was already in for this, but once I realized that the Mandalorian's rifle is Boba Fett's rifle from, from the holiday special that, that just, yeah, yeah, that, that just, that just gave me like this huge rictus grin. I was just like, oh man, these these people know what's up. Um, yeah, and Favreau mentioned the holiday special a few times in the panel. So, mm-hmm. you know, if if you need to to check someone's, you know, creds before go, hopping onto the show, he he is a Star Wars fan from the beginning. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, let's let's kind of let's kind of uh, go through the I, I guess the the convention as a whole, kind of from from your point of view. So, like you know, you you had mentioned, uh, you know, Thursday was kind of like a preview day type of thing. Uh, what uh, uh what'd you do on Friday? Friday, well, my wife had a work thing on Thursday. So mm-hmm. I just came down with a kid and she was trying to get there before the episode nine panel, but it was clear she wasn't going to. So like they did, they did this lottery system for the big panels. Oh, okay. So you weren't guaranteed to get in and we got into the, 
the episode nine panel in the arena, um, like the main stage was uh, this basketball arena, a wind trust arena where uh, DePaul plays basketball. Mm. So I think it, it sits around 10,000, but I think in the configuration they had, it was probably more seven or eight. Um, it was still, I mean, tons of people. So I was able to give a friend of mine who um, didn't have, like, I don't think he even was able to enter the lotteries. Um, I gave him her pass and he was able to get in. Oh, okay. So the, the kid and I went to that and uh, in line, in this incredibly long line, uh, McDonald's was apparently sponsoring it and they were giving out <laughs> Happy Meals with like celebration themed Happy Meals <laughs> that actually had a burger and fries in it, <laughs> which as the parent of a young kid, thank you McDonald's for, <laughs> you know, providing food for my kid to keep him occupied since, you know, we were getting there an hour and a half, two hours before the panel. Yeah. And then I, I forgot to bring that box back. Ah, gotcha. I, I, I made the mistake of looking on eBay. And I'm like, oh, I could have made like 20, 30 bucks. Oh, wow. Because I, I saw a lot of yeah. folks posting about their about their swag i saw like like the katina cast for example like you know their their yeah. happy meals and and uh you scored yourself like an episode nine beanie too if i if yeah I remember yeah they that. were handing out those too uh and they were you know as they were handing them out they're like this is from jj so um wow not you know not so convenient now that it's starting to get warm up warmed sure up, but since it snowed <laughs> during celebration in chicago that it was great there and episode nine is coming out in December, so you know I know what I'll be wearing to the movie. That's cool. I mean, anything you can kind of get into that exclusivity to where it's like, I mean, because I mean those those are one of a kind items. I mean, it's like you had oh, yeah. to be there at that thing at that time to get that, and, and that's and that's you had to be special. there at the main stage too, because I don't think the other stages got that. Oh, because they they simulcasted the really big panels on two other stages. Um, think it was the, the twin suns and the galaxy is what they called them but so they, they simulcast so like like in the mandalorian panel where they had stuff that um wasn't on the stream mm-hmm. you still saw those in those satellite stages so that oh, you know okay. that that's how they kind of you know made it more accessible to to more people Interesting. So, like, so for example, if you get into the 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 main stage, and I get into like like the galaxy stage or the the twin sun stage, I I so I'm kind of like in a in a uh, kind of like a room. You know, I, I'm imagining yeah. like a giant basketball court style giant room or well, whatever. Th- this was more in the convention center. So, oh, okay. So you're, you're still in a room with, you know, a few thousand other people, mm-hmm. you know, all crazy about Star Wars. So you're still seeing everything. Got it. Um, so so it's, it's just, you know, they, they knew that they, they couldn't fit everyone in the one stage. Ah, gotcha. And since it's being simulcast, I mean, it's still live. So so right. you're still getting that. You just don't uh, get to see the people in 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 the flesh, I guess, as it as right, it were. exactly. Although there was something in the Mandalorian panel, I, mean, I, I keep going into that panel, but that that was <laughs> no, one where can. we saw it on one of the satellite stages, and there was some issue on the stream, uh-huh. like because I mean you're essentially watching the stream that goes out to the internet, yeah, 
And then when they cut it to black to show that footage, it just sat there for a minute and everyone was like, wait, we paid a lot of money to be here. And everyone started booing. Yeah. And then like, apparently it was a technical glitch because then it came on and we saw everything. So, you know, it was fine. But for a second there, we were like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> I've been bamboozled. So, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, but you mentioned the Cantina cast and mm-hmm. I actually, um, I'm became friends with those guys. Um, Albert, who's the host of that has a ready player one podcast called the basement. Oh, okay. Um, going through in depth, um, the ready player one book. And I was on an episode of that talking about transformers, obviously, <laughs> um, got to keep it on brand. Yeah. So that, that's how I was introduced to them. And, uh, I was planning on going to one of their meetups during the weekend mm-hmm. and they had, they were on the podcast stage, but, uh, I got, actually got to, they were like a couple sections over mm-hmm. in the arena from me. So, you know, I got to meet up with them in the arena as we waited. So that was a lot of fun. That's, that's awesome. And, uh, uh, tangenting further. I mean, one, one thing that I saw that, that really blew my hair back is yeah, apparently like there was this whole podcasting stage area and like several, uh, Star Wars, uh, fan podcasts were basically given, you know, kind of given the stage and I, I, I couldn't even imagine uh, what that would be like. I mean, cause I mean, you know, I mean, obviously again, we've been to TFCon before and you know, you'll have like, you know, your podcasters panels and stuff, but that's, you know, I mean, that, that, that's, that's kicking it with your friends, you know, and you, and you happen yeah. to have uh, an audience there, but to like, I mean, the setups for, for what they had going on for the podcast stage looked, looked legit with, with yeah, backdrops it, and all it, that. Yeah, it, it was it was nice setup, and this is one thing that I, I would love for TFCon to do, mm-hmm. is have some facility for the various Transformers podcasts, because there's always, you know, four or five, maybe a few more podcasts represented at the convention. Yeah. Let, give them a place where they can do some form of their regular show with an audience there. I think mm-hmm. that would be, uh, it would be a great thing, and celebration like there there was an application process and oh sure of course um the cantina cast was lucky to get in and um it, this was it wasn't even just one day it was the entire time like friday through monday wow. there was stuff there were podcasts going on mm-hmm. and collider like some of the big big people like collider had their jedi council show right but even like little shows like the cantina cast like um i think coffee with kenobi is another one mm-hmm there was a ton of these Star Wars podcasts, so I I love how welcoming the Star like the Lucasfilm is towards the fan media like that. Yeah, I mean it it suddenly legitimizes all of those shows in a big bad way. Because it's like, no, we're we're here at celebration. I mean, it's one thing right. if if you or I, you know, and all of the shows we're affiliated with, say, you know, we're we're at TFCon. I mean, that I I hate to keep leaning on that example, but that's the only one I've got at my fingertips. But right. but but it's it's different. It would be, I I guess I guess the, it would be comparable if we were still in like the botcon era. 
and like they they set up a podcaster stage and you know uh uh hosted uh you know like transmissions or something like that like like you guys did like a show from a fully legitimized stage that that kind of thing right so and and it was it was run really tight like they they had people there working the room that i think you had like 45 minutes for your show Mm -hmm. and you know they were giving people like five minutes left and you know signs like that so they were running a tight ship but it was great like the cantina cast had like you know you were in the mixer going through Mm -hmm. the room there but they brought their own gear to record oh okay it was i mean it was awesome i i really enjoyed it um as a fan Mm -hmm. listening to it and this is just like you know i wish they would do stuff i mean because I've done a couple panels at like a Wizard World convention. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's not really a podcast thing, but I recorded it mm-hmm. and intending to put it out on podcast and then just forgot. Sure, <laughs> I <laughs> but, understand. Yeah, but it you know, it's it's something that I think more conventions need to embrace, especially conventions that are are targeted towards a specific fandom. Right. I think if TFCon, you know, I know space is always a premium, but if they of course. could even identify some small room or maybe like a corner of the dealer room or something mm-hmm. where there's just this constant content, people talking about stuff or interviewing guests or something like that. I think that would be a great way to kind of get more engagement from the fan community mm-hmm. Plus more free promotion. And, yeah. You know, I've even thought they should have podcasters be the moderators of the various panels. Yeah. You, know, I, you get I the think people so. they're used to talking. Yep. But, you know, what do I know? <laughs> I understand. Oh, man. So, uh, so I mean we've spent a lot of time talking about the panels and you know there's there's I mean obviously several more days worth of celebrations and you know or of celebration and some kind of uh you know benchmark panels uh for us to discuss but I I guess the thing that I didn't necessarily get an insight into on my side of the screen, you know, kind of casually watching through social media and things like that is what do you do when you're not, uh, either online or, uh, getting ready for like these big mega panels. Like, like for example, like, you know, I mean, you talked about, you know, uh, the episode nine panel obviously being kind of like the, the cornerstone of Friday, but, uh, but, what else do you do on the on the show floor? What what uh, what other stuff is there? Well, they had a ton of stuff. I mean, you you have your normal like celebrity autographs mm-hmm. stuff, and if you've been to any read pop convention, you know how it goes. Yeah, it's best to uh, pay for these ahead of time. You know, you get a time to show up to to do your thing. Um, I didn't do any of that. Uh, I don't know. It just being with a kid and stuff yeah. I just I didn't want to deal with the hassle of of having to deal with that mm-hmm. um, what really was interesting to me I mean okay well there's the cosplay obviously oh sure yeah so, good point you know, just seeing all the people in cosplay and especially seeing it through the eyes of my kid that was great yeah 
especially because at the beginning of the convention, we would be like, do you want to take a picture with this person? And he would be like, no, you know, he'd be a little scared. <laughs> but come Sunday and Monday, it was like, yeah. And he was just seeing him come, you know, from being afraid to, to interact with these people to fully interacting, you know, high-fiving a stormtrooper, stuff yeah. like that. It was great. That's awesome. Uh, with Star Wars, you have droids, and there's there's a, there was an area with like the the droid builder groups would do like races and stuff like that. With you know, they had this course set up where like the the droids had to go and do something at each one. Basically, like they had to go and like I think push a button or something at different stations and go backwards and stuff. Oh, so. It was neat. I mean, because these are all like remote controlled, and I don't know. It was just neat seeing all the different droids. Um, you know, you have the various astromechs, you have the BB units, and mm-hmm. um, I saw some gonk droids walking around. <laughs> nice. Um, there was a whole room that the droid builders had that was basically just kind of museum type setup where you're just walking through looking at all the different, you know, droids that they had. Mm-hmm. That was really, really interesting. Um, I love seeing them and then they had like a, a display in that room with like Jawas kind of like as if they were like fixing up droids but some people that were cosplaying as Jawas would occasionally <laughs> be on the display scaring people right so that that was fun to watch oh that that sounds neat um, let's see what else was uh, probably the biggest thing that took up most of the weekend for us mm-hmm. is um I rediscovered uh, patch trading and stuff. And oh, it, okay, tell me more. I, I'm an I'm an Eagle Scout, and throughout Boy Scouts, that was something that I got involved in. Mm-hmm. With like, you know, when you're at some some gathering of people with uh, Boy Scouts from other areas, you would trade patches from your area to you know, and just kind of collect patches from around the country or around the world. And Star Wars has that too with their various fan groups. And so you would get like, you know, individual patches from some groups, but some, like, there were some groups, like six or eight would come together, make this giant patch, like this giant design, and then each of them have a section of it. And you would have to go and, I don't think, I don't think you actually paid for any of the patches, but you would have to do something like. Okay. Like there was a group from Texas that did a porg toss, so you had to like <laughs> toss a porg into into a bucket, and if you got it into the bucket, you get a patch. And another one, the one that we actually just gave up on was like a roulette wheel. And oh sure, if you if you got like a certain number, you get the patch. But other numbers you would get like a, a coin that they had that was like a, a, a poker chip. But we ended up going to a room where people were trading stuff and I was able to trade some other patches to get the one we needed. So that was fun. Just yeah, letting letting um, my kid do stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I fully took advantage of the fact that I have a kid and I'm like, you know, you do it. <laughs> and the people would take pity on them and we would get it anyway. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, you know, if you have a young kid at, at these things, fully take advantage of that fact and their cuteness. <laughs> um, uh, they got to be good for something. <laughs> yeah. You're going to, you know, 
That's awesome. Earn, earn your keep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But there, but there was also like pin trading, you know, mm-hmm. buttons and pins and stuff. Um, different groups had, um, you know, various, just various swag that, you know, co- collecting and, um, most of the people doing the, the really professional cosplay, like the people in the 501st or the Mandalorian Mercs or yeah. the, was it the Rebel Legion? Like those are the, the three big groups that do the cosplaying. They all had cards for like their, their character that they were portraying with uh-huh. like their picture on it too. So just my kid was going and collecting those cards Nice. And they're they're like baseball card size. Yeah. So that that's exactly what I was imagining. You know, kind of yeah. like a trading card, baseball card yeah. uh, style thing. And yeah, bro, you know, with like their their character and their picture on it. And yeah, that that sounds really cool. And and it kind of I I love anything that a convention can do that has a scavenger hunt element to it. Uh, like, like for example, uh, at uh, Emerald City Comic Con here in Seattle, they they put out a charity art book that all of the artists uh, uh, submit and contribute to, and they when you buy the book, you get a map of where all the contributing artists are and you can go through the show floor basically to, you know, meet the creators and collect autographs and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's one of my, one of my favorite things about that show because it's one of those things that's completely unique to it. Um, right. But yeah. And, yeah. And, well, there, there was a scavenger hunt there at celebration too. The, throughout the entire mm-hmm. weekend, um, there was this group running scavenger hunts that was basically like you would get a packet and you would have to like solve these puzzles that would give you the clues of where to go. And then once you go, you're, you have to like find someone that has a stamper to stamp the puzzle and then make it back in time. And they did one that was more kid friendly and we participated in that. And it was a lot of fun. It was like, you had to know stuff from the various movies and cartoons and everything. So I love all these things that are free. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's really cool. I mean cuz yeah, I would I would imagine that a weekend like that even being relatively close. I mean, you know, 3 hours but, is still a hike, but Yeah, and you're in Chicago where everything is expensive. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but, so it, we were doing a lot of stuff like that. Um there there was so much stuff going on. You could not like I don't think I did even half of the stuff that I had wanted to do before the show just because there was just so much stuff. Yeah, and and, and thank you for reminding me because that that reminded me of something I wanted to bring up while we were talking because I had seen you post something about like hey, it was great, it was fun, uh but man, all of this stuff that that I didn't get uh didn't get the chance to do. And yeah, I was wondering if uh, if you wanted to elaborate on that at all. Um, yeah, it's like there were there were panels I wanted to see mm-hmm. more. Like the only podcast panel I got to see was the Cantina Cast, and that was just I, I made it a point. If I saw no other podcast yeah. panels, that was the one I was going to see. So um, I did that, but there were a few more that I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to get into the Collider one, but I got there too late, and they had actually cut off the line because. 
you know, I, I wasn't thinking that, oh yeah, they, they're a major site just in general on the internet. Yeah. They're going to have a lot of people. Hmm. Um, I, there were some, some of the bigger panels that they were putting on that you didn't have to be in the lottery in, to get in, but you know, I wanted to get into that. I wasn't able to. Oh, okay. And I, I will hold my comments for that to later because I have, I have a whole bunch of stuff I want to say about read pop and their app. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but basically it was like, you would reserve your spot in the app to get in there. Uh-huh. And so like, I missed the Clone Wars panel. I really wanted to see. Oh, Thankfully okay. they, like you said, they, they streamed, pretty much everything so you know i i tried to make myself not feel super bad about missing these bigger panels because you you know you could see most of it later yeah and and that was the thing i was kind of wondering about too is like you know you would have all of these uh anchor uh, uh mega panels but I I don't know if I really heard anything about like I don't know say, like say like uh, larger panels or maybe like medium panels or smaller panels I I never really got much exposure to what the the hierarchy of various panels because I I don't know anything about the geography of the place yeah. but um, so basically the the things that were on the main stages like the either um, at the, the, the arena or the Galaxy of the Twin Sun stages, all of those, I think, were streamed. Oh, okay. Like, like I, I saw the Resistance panel on the Galaxy stage, and that was actually, everyone was in the room there, and that was streamed, except for at the end, where they showed us the first episode of the, new, the next season, they cut the stream off for that. Oh, obviously. sure, sure. <laughs> but you know that's the kind of stuff that you go to the convention for is you know the chance of seeing something early like that yeah because i mean that that almost raises the question of like well if you and i can watch the episode 9 trailer at the same time um or at least the panel because yeah i was i was kind of amazed that like the the extent of the streaming that they were doing and i'm just all like you know seeing here in seattle i'm like why do i need to go to this cuz i i can watch this here on my computer but yeah there there is something about being in a room yeah. with a bunch of other fans at the same time yeah i mean it- i it's it's not all that dissimilar to say like a concert or a performance yeah. or you know something that there's there's that intangible vibe of being there with people. I mean there there's a reason why we go to the movies in groups. You know, I mean that right. kind of thing. You you know uh th- there's a reason why like you know horror movies don't always necessarily translate on home video because you right. uh cuz I mean shoot, I mean I I remember watching garbage like you know like like paranormal activity and stuff like that but like you watch that movie in like a full room it has kind of like a palpable vibe to it even though the movie is garbage and does not hold up on home video but but i right. I, I digress there there's there's definitely something to be said for the community crowd experience yeah and it was just you know you're just there's this whole like i i like buzzing just mm-hmm. the entire weekend and you know the star wars community online has had a lot of of 
hits recently. Yeah. You know, justifiably so with, you know, the negativity online. And there was just none of that at the show. Okay. It, it was just, it was amazing. Um, particularly like, you know, Kelly Marie Trant comes out at mm-hmm. the episode nine panel mm-hmm. and gets a standing ovation that like, you know, everyone, you know, she, she, she got basically like forced off of Twitter and Instagram because yeah. people didn't like, you know, um, her, what she was, you know, directed to do in, right. in Last Jedi, and just the the love that was shown to her, mm. and then like Ahmed Best during the Phantom Menace panel because, you know, he had gone on record as saying like I was close to suicide. Yeah. Um for the treatment after playing Jar Jar Binks mm-hmm. and you know online it's just you know people spew you know comments because it's just you know it's just words on the screen but mm-hmm. in, in person just everyone was great it was just a, a great welcoming loving experience it was like it, everyone in cosplay was so awesome Yeah, especially with my kid I mean and then seeing the kids in cosplay was great. <laughs> awesome. Very, oh, very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, so as, a, as we continue and as we uh, uh, think about maybe uh, closing out, um, uh, let's see. I mean, so I, I'm flipping through the pages of, you know, some of like the reveals. I mean, it's like, you know, you've got like the, oh, that's why I wanted to ask you earlier. So you mentioned the uh, resistance panel. Uh, are, are you watching that? Yeah. Is it any good? I haven't, I haven't seen any it, of it. It starts off with you thinking, oh, this is going to be a really stupid kitty show. And stick around to like midway through the first season. Okay. And it starts getting good after that. Like it, the timeline, it, it starts like six months before force awakens. The end oh, of the first okay, sure. season, you're in the middle of the force awakens timeline. Oh, so it's, you know, and then, you know, force awakens and last Jedi are basically the span of a week. Mm -hmm. So where they go in season two, you know, is going to be kind of fertile ground for, you know, who knows what's going to happen. So, right. I, I would watch it. I would, um, Maybe if if it seems too kiddy, maybe watch the first couple episodes and then skip towards uh, mid season. Sure. Um, you know, just first couple so you can kind of get the handle on the characters and stuff. Poe Dameron shows up in episode one, voiced mm-hmm. by Oscar Oscar Isaac. Nice. Um, Captain Phasma shows up later on in the series, voiced by uh, crap, who plays her? Uh, Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah, Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah, mm-hmm. she does a voice for Phasma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you can stick with it towards the end of the the first season, it's more on the level of what you would get from like the um, Clone Wars and Rebels in terms oh, of okay. it. You know, the lore, the 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 stakes are high, and then the first episode of season two that we saw gets downright um, kind of a little bit of horror in the first couple episodes. Oh, nice. Yeah, you know, There is uh, one of those, um, 
first order BB units you you get to see towards the end of the first season and stuff that that sucker's mean. Nice. See, and that's <laughs> yeah. uh, that that's one of I mean, uh, belaboring a point here, beating a dead horse. But that that was that was one of my several disappointments with uh, the Last Jedi. Is I was really thinking that that evil BB unit was going to be mm-hmm. something, and yeah. it just just wasn't but 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 my my expectations were successfully subverted so uh (laughs) there you go uh but uh uh but anyway so i i guess just kind of uh running through uh the the last handful of things were there uh were there any other particular uh reveals that you either saw yourself through panels or on the show floor um or anything that well actually yeah i guess Sorry, let, let me compartmentalize that. Uh, reveals that you kind of like saw through your experience on the show floor and then springing off from that, maybe stuff that you found later after you got home that, that you didn't know had been announced, that, uh, that kind of stuff. Well, on the show floor, I, and this is one of the things I wanted to do and I didn't get a chance to do it, mm. but they have, um, there's a VR game coming up called Vader Immortal. Yeah. And... From every everything I've heard from people that were um, got a chance to play a little bit of it, was just like it was like you are there by Vader doing like lightsaber training and stuff, and they're mm. like you look up at Vader and he's like literally like nine feet tall. Wow! And it was like it was cool because they had like this this booth set up that was like glass walls where you know you you were you're safe in the VR environment where you aren't gonna like bump into anything but you you could see the people playing it um but uh, i never got a chance like that was that was um lines the entire weekend sure sure i bet you it's one of those things where like you would come back around oh nope line still yeah. long come back around well, they, nope. they, had, they had a fast pass system set up when they were like if you come back at this time or this uh-huh. time you know you can pretty much be guaranteed to get a fast pass and show up but oh, sure we were busy doing something else, and I'm like, it, it's not that important. I'm not. I don't have anything that can play a VR game, so right. It, um, it, it does make me uh, chuckle a bit, though, when you mention a fast pass system. It's like, of course they yeah. have fast pass. It's Disney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's remarkably on brand for them. Right. <laughs> but, and speaking of Disney, they had a Galaxy's Edge um, preview area um, set up, and. I got to do that on Thursday night, mm. thankfully, when the lines weren't as long. And basically, it was just a bunch of photo ops. Like, you got to sit in the ride for, like, the car for one of the rides they had set up. And it has, like, one of, uh, one of the black, um, I'm guessing, first order, like, astromech units. Oh, okay. Um, just kind of, like, in there, like, I guess when you're on the ride, it's going to be, you know, beeping and stuff at you. But... Um, you know, basically get a picture taken in there like you would on the ride, and <laughs> they, sweet. Then they had like a, a big, um, like huge poster of like the Millennium Falcon, and you get to take your picture in front of that. Mm-hmm. And then they had like a, a mock-up of an X-wing that you know you could take your picture with, and um, basically showing like a bunch of the props that are going to be used and animatronics. You know, just kind of video showing the making of galaxy's edge and everything. And that was really neat. I'm, I'm not going to get to go to Disney for, you know, a while because we went last year, but 
my excitement for going to Galaxy's Edge is just it's you know I I can't wait till the chance I get to go. Yeah, same here. You know, and it's like I you know I it's well documented that I you know sometimes I kind of question my fandom and I've I've said that you know my Star Wars fandom is cool and all that, but. I I'm so stoked for Galaxy's Edge. It's like, you know, if I had the opportunity to go uh when it opened, I would do it. You know, and I know as right. soon as I can, you know, finagle a a Disney trip, I'm going to be all over it. So, I yeah. mean, there there are just some things that are, that that are transcendent and it's like i mean again you know i mean we, we talk about stuff that we've been fantasizing about since we were kids i mean who hasn't mm-hmm. been to disneyland say wouldn't it be cool if there was like a, you know like a star war land mm-hmm. and and we've lived long enough to see it and right. that's pretty special yeah, and, and I missed the Galaxy's Edge panel, and I'm like, yeah, this, uh, I, I know a lot about the park. Why do I need to go to the panel? Uh, they, they revealed that, like, since, you know, Star Wars has always been associated with Pepsi and marketing and stuff, but Disney, like, Disney parks are always Coke. Yeah. So I was like, you know, Coke won that battle. <laughs> so, um, but, but because they wanted it to be completely immersive, they redid their logo in Arabesh mm-hmm. and they were giving away you know your, your traditional red Coke shirts, but it says Coca-Cola and Arabesh. And they were they revealed how in the parks they have the, the Coke bottles um designed like um reused thermal detonators. Okay. So I thought that was that was neat. That's like from pretty cool. from the colors and the logos. You can clearly tell this is a coke this is a sprite mm-hmm. you know and stuff but it, not a bit of english on it that's really cool yeah, yeah i i think i saw one of those i think there's like a dasani water also or, yeah. or something like that and it's like that's that's pretty cool i can i i can i you know i it, it's funny you mentioned that i i hadn't even put the association there with with Pepsi and Star Wars but you're absolutely right I mean you know going yeah. back to like you know like the 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 Taco Bell pack in toys mm-hmm. and and yeah there, there's always kind of been like that that tangential uh, uh Pepsi connection that's that's interesting yeah. but and then the, the drinks and stuff at or like all the food options at Galaxy's Edge are Star Wars themed like you're gonna be able to get blue milk <laughs> and you know just the theming that they did there just seems perfect. I, I just can't wait to go. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting, you know, and, and we we talk a bit about you know kind of the fandom and like either like uh, the uh, jaded fandom or the toxic fandom or you know a lot a lot of uh, criticism gets put at Disney's feet, but when one thing that Disney will always get right is these uh these park experiences mm-hmm. i mean it's like i mean even even like the old star tours and and you know all of the accoutrements that went with that it was it was always right you know yeah. it's like and they you know they would have star wars weekends back in the day you know at uh at the orlando park and so there there's always been that um you know where 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 fans can debate whether they get the the fiction quote unquote right or not um they they get the um 
ancillary experience. yeah yeah exactly yeah. you you get that that tangible experience and that's and that that is where disney will always excel you know i mean there's yeah. i mean that's that's the gold standard for you know kind of taking like a movie or a property and really making it into into an experience i think i i think that's the perfect word for it yeah so, so uh, yeah i missed the galaxy's edge panel and the reveals there i'm i also missed the um I can't remember the the the, the um, Star Wars the Fallen Order game. Yeah, EA. Jedi colon Fallen Order. Yeah, yeah. That um, I, I watched that trailer after the fact. And oh, okay, that game looks amazing. It it looks really cool, and I I unfortunately don't really game uh contemporarily anymore like you know I, I don't have a contemporary system too many buttons mm-hmm. for for my 40 year old yeah. digits but uh uh but i mean the 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 trailer looks pretty cool um i i think that era of uh storytelling you know kind of like another angle on the post order 66 type of thing i i think yeah i think that's kind of cool but um uh i i saw somebody on twitter i don't remember what it was but somebody was like uh, speculating about how much, uh, perhaps from thirteen thirteen was being repurposed in into this oh, yeah, that, and that series that um, never happened. Yeah, it, I, I would I would speculate probably a lot. I mean, between that and maybe some of the stuff that they like, there's a Cassie Andor series coming to the streaming service. Oh right, right. That they they didn't actually talk about on you know at the show. But I would imagine that would also go into some of the thirteen thirteen stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but this, like, I'm more into the story. I'm not into like the multiplayer games. And this is just a, a single player game. Um, I don't know if you've seen oh. anything from the battle. Is it Battlefront Two um, uh, game that came out? Yes, I, I but, I've lost track of stuff, but yeah, yeah. now Battlefront Two that that's the one that's been most maligned by the fans, right? right. You know, in terms of yeah. like loot boxes and pay to play right. and and a lot of that. Yeah, and that's all in the multiplayer. But the single player, like I've never played it, but I watched uh, videos that people put on YouTube, basically making it into a, a single movie, just the the storyline. Oh, and. The storyline there was really good. It was goes from like Re- Return of the Jedi on. Um, you're following this group, and you know, I, I love the storylines there. Like I said, I'm big into the lore. Yeah. So this one that's like post Order sixty six. You're a a Padawan that you know. How are you you surviving and stuff? That it, it's really interesting. So. Mm-hmm. And you know uh, other extensions of lore, like um, I, I I was skimming some websites and flipping through some pages. I I don't know if uh, the Marvel comics uh, really got any kind of uh, any love or spotlight. I imagine they did, but I haven't really heard any. There was a Marvel panel. Um, okay, that was another one I missed. Uh, I had it on my list of things I wanted to see, but you know you're busy doing other stuff. Yeah. And- well, um, and as you set up, I mean, I mean, there's always other stuff to do. You know, it's like, yeah, sometimes like all the the scavenger hunting and pin trading mm-hmm. and patch trading and oh, and I don't know, self care stuff like eating yeah. and <laughs> well, and e- eating is something we forgot to do a lot, but yeah, you know, it's just and just there with the kid, you're you're wrangling him, 
um, so many times it's like, don't touch that. Don't touch that. <laughs> oh, sure. Sure. Um, I will say they, if you have kids, they really do a good job of having programming for kids. Mm-hmm. And also there was on the show floor, there was this area of, um, like big pillows and stuff, kind of a, ki- a lounge area for oh, cool. families where like the kids can take a nap and they had like cartoons playing and occasionally I saw like an artist come and show how this is how you draw a droid and stuff um, and then there was a, a diorama builder that this was neat I don't know if you saw any of the pictures of the Scarif set I don't think I did they, they had um, like basically these little foam squares like you would see the, the interlocking foam floors those little squares mm-hmm you you would take one and like build or you know paint it and just set it up however you wanted with um a beach scene or a jungle scene or whatever and they would they put them together and made scarif like this huge diorama oh that's and cool my wife and kid did that and it, you know it looked like a lot of fun and then just the at the end on on Sunday when you saw all of it it was just amazing because <laughs> you had people there that knew what they were doing and then you had people like us oh I that see are like we just wanted to do an art thing with the kid and, and then somehow it, they put them together and it it worked oh uh, very cool that that's what I was gonna say yeah it kind of gets woven into the larger tapestry and that's 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 really neat that's really neat so um so I I did mention comics earlier um I I, I forget I mean because you you mentioned the uh the Darth Vader series are are you uh into the the current run of Marvel comics for Star Wars yes I I it was like one of the first Marvel comics I bought was Star Wars like in in like the modern era oh okay but, yeah gotcha I I'm I'm like a, a DC guy on comics but I, mm. I love Star Wars comics yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I I think and 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 you're welcome to uh, 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 debate me on this as well. But I I feel like, unfortunately, Marvel runs its Star Wars division similar to its superhero arm, or say like you know X Men or Avengers or what. There's there's oftentimes too damn many titles. And, yeah, and I will say that, and and it's hard to keep up with. Like I, I'm in a spot now where it's like, uh, you know, with they they've had like this weekly series coming out where yeah. it's like, you know, been like Age of Republic into Age of Rebellion, and and I have like a stack of these that I haven't gone, uh, that that I just haven't had time for, and it's uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of getting underwater because I realize how far behind I am, uh, but I uh. I, I like the mainline book, um, you know, so, like uh, I liked the Poe book. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm still. Doctor Afra's been great. Yeah, Afra's great. I I think Afra and and especially Triple uh, Zero and BT One, uh, yeah. you know, are are some of the funnest characters that have been added to the canon in a, in a really long time. Uh, they. I only saw. I think I only saw one Doctor Afra, but she was a. It was a very good uh, cosplay of Doctor Afra. That's cool. That that was neat. Yeah, but man, I I, I gotta tell you, and this is the, again, uh, you know, uh, distracting tangents. But I I still think my favorite bit of the uh, 
wave of Marvel comics, uh, the contemporary ones for for Star Wars, was the first Darth Vader series. You know, the the Kieran Gian one, uh, like mm-hmm. like the the first twenty five issues of that, is probably some of the best Star Wars comics I've I've read in in quite a long time. It's like the the way I've kind of tried to sell it to non-comics fans i mean or yeah yeah non-comics fans they're kind of star wars fans it's like well it's kind of like the last 90 seconds of rogue one but for 25 issues yeah <laughs> but but I, with all- I, I just that scene where boba fett comes in is like i i found the name of the the guy that um blew up the death star yeah. like I, I got a name and it's skywalker and then just through the force you see in his anger vader shatters the window in front of him yeah that's just great yeah there's a lot of cool iconic uh vader moments and obviously that's that's where we get uh dr afra and Mm -hmm. and of course uh triple zero and bt and and so yeah i mean so that's that that's that's the one that i will always kind of try to hand sell folks if they're not into the marvel comics um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I like them, but yeah, occasionally it is unfortunately too much. Yeah. That, I think at the comic shop this week, I, I, I didn't realize I was so far behind on those age of books. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, Oh, there's a lot more than I realized. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's funny. Uh, prior to the previous IDW uh, Transformers continuity ending, it was like I would go to my comic shop and it would be all Star Wars and Transformers, and like maybe like one Batman book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, so it was, yeah, it, it was kind of interesting in in a way. I was kind of kind of glad that the that the uh, previous IDW continuity ended because it kind of <laughs> gave me a break. Yeah. Yeah, getting so damn many books because there, there were a bunch of them for uh, uh, for a while there. But um, let me see. I, you know what? Uh, the, the I, I guess the last thing I want want to uh, wrap about a little bit, and this, um, you've talked about it a little bit with with regards to the types of fans and the overall fandom uh, at Star Wars Celebration, in that it was exactly what it is a celebration of star wars and i i'm just wondering uh editorially speaking how do you feel about where the fandom is um just in terms of like you know uh because i mean the last jedi has proven to be and actually arguably the entire disney era depending upon who you talk to is it's really kind of cracked the fandom in a, in a way that I haven't seen before. And it's kind of, you know, turned some people against each other. It's like I, I even I find myself having to be careful about what I talk about openly with regards to how I feel about the, the contemporary movies Um to where it's like you know even like uh, like my buddy Michael Andrews who uh, who I know through uh, um, Autopod Decepticast anyway he uh, um, it's one of those things where I know where he's at he knows where I'm at and we'll have like this moment of just like well and we're just not going to talk about that <laughs> um, so it's kind of like a weird agree to disagree thing but um, but w- with all of that being said I'm just wondering from your perspective what's what's your thought on the fandom and just kind of where Star Wars is in general. I think just seeing that many people in person 
without feeling any like yeah people would have their their opinions and disagreements about you know the current era and stuff and i definitely saw that at um the cantina cast meetup at um at a bar that we all went at went to oh okay but but it was all friendly disagreements i mean it wasn't yeah there wasn't any name calling or anything it's just like you know I, i don't like this you know this is why i you know i'm like you know, I'm I'm more easygoing. I'm like, yeah, I I see why people didn't like the, this in the Last Jedi, but you know, it, you know, I can put it aside mm-hmm. and still enjoy the movie and stuff like that. But it, seeing people like in person, generally people aren't jerks. Yeah, and online, it's just so easy for people to be jerks. And I this this kind of restored my faith a little bit. Nice. You know, because in the end, you're still going to see a Star Wars on TV or on the movies. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, regardless of how bad it is, it's still Star Wars, and it, it at least it's not Superman killing somebody. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> so, I don't. Know, it makes me. It does make me go back to the the prequel era where, um, you know, obviously social media wasn't what it was or what it is now, but in online forums and stuff, it was pretty nasty, you know, during episodes one and two, particularly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just kind of amplified with things like Twitter and Facebook. And, you know, it's so easy now for people to just, you know, spout all this, you know, all their opinions, regardless of, of who's listening, just because, you know, they're like, no one's paying attention to this and yeah. then tag the actors. <laughs> like, well, obviously people are going to pay attention to it. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I have more faith just that on the whole people in the fandom are not jerks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a minority of people online that are. Yeah. And, so, and oftentimes it becomes a, a, a loudly vocal minority. Right. It, exactly and it's just you know my opinion is you know like what you want don't like what you want there is yeah. 40 years of star wars you can mm-hmm. pick and choose if if you like the the you know the original thrawn trilogy and you don't like the new thrawn books then you know ignore the new stuff it, yeah personally I, I think the new thrawn books are great and mm-hmm. you know looking forward to the new one that's about to come out yeah yeah, that's it's gonna be pretty neat, and I've I've enjoyed what you know how how they folded him into Rebels also. Oh yeah, and yeah. that's I, I I really enjoyed that, and and another point that you bring up, Jeremy, is that you know with with uh, especially stuff that's since been retconned or mm-hmm. you know stuff that's been uh you know as part of legacy or you know all all of that other stuff you know throwing out of the the previous uh extended universe um nobody is coming to take that material away from you right you know you can you can go back and read those books anytime you want and but but like um when we were talking you know before um before we got started about like transformers Mm -hmm. if you go back and look at the original transformers 
the animation quality kind of sucked. Oh, I mean, absolutely. If you're if you're true to yourself, and if you go back and look at the original Star Wars Extended Universe stuff, the continuity was a bit of a mess. You know, Disney really had no choice but to have a clean break so they can have a sane you know environment to start from. And yeah, you know, like you said with the Thrawn stuff, they're pulling things from the old canon into um into the new stuff mm-hmm. where it makes sense and yeah um you know like with the mandalorian favreau said he's going to be doing that a lot um you know i think the biggest complaint are people that are big marj fans and you yeah. know where's marj <laughs> but you know i'm sure she'll show up eventually yeah, and and that's the thing too. You know, not all that dissimilar to Thrawn himself. You know, maybe she will be repurposed in a different continuity in a completely different way. That you know what w- might totally work, or it might not. But yeah. but but that you that, also have thirty years of of no, you know, of what what's Luke up to? Yeah. Who knows? He might have met someone named Mara Jade, and sure, you know. They might have had a daughter named Ray. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're getting hip deep in fan theories now. I love well, it. <laughs> yeah, well, it, I don't actually think that's what happened. But right. I'm just saying there, there's a lot of time there <laughs> for Mara Jade to fit in if you want to or put her somewhere else. I think, you know, she's a good character, but they don't, you know, it, it's not yours to play with. It's Disney's. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I, I, I have my own criticisms of the Disney era, but one thing that I do appreciate and respect is the, the, uh, picking and choosing, you know, it's like you, you don't grab, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn out of the toy box for Mm -hmm. no reason. You know, they're like, oh, this is a fan favorite character. We can see why people like him. We have a narrative reason to uh, fold him into Rebels. And you know what? It it adds a bit of weight to, you know, it it, it brings extra fans to uh, to the yard. Right. And Plus they they had Timothy's on right that episode where he was introduced in the show exactly and not to mention mm-hmm. that the new Thrawn books are you know I mean they're written by Timothy Zahn so I mean right. so I mean I I to me that that sounds like you're getting buy off from from the original creator so yeah. and say what you will about Kathleen Kennedy I mean you know very divisive figure of in course the fandom. yeah but she did recently say that like after the Skywalker series of movies are over they're taking a hiatus and they're planning out the next 10 years of Star Wars. So it might very well be that there wasn't really a plan for yeah. 7, 8, and 9. Yeah. But if they're going into the next 10 years as we're going to have a plan, um, you know, kind of like the Marvel way where Kevin Feige knows the broad outline of where, they, right. where he wants to end up. Right. If they do that with Star Wars, I'm all on board with it. Sure. And and I think that would bring back a lot of Laps fans like like folks mm-hmm. like myself, because th- that is one of the things that I'm uh, resentful of is that clearly they're making this up as they go. And that's there. There's a certain amount of frustration uh, that 
that goes with that. I mean, I mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still hanging on to optimism that you know, uh, with JJ at the helm, uh. You know, because I mean, he's gone on record saying like, well, we're going to touch on the prequels. We're going to touch on the OT and we're going to find a way to string all of this together. And I think he's up to the task. Um, At the very least, we're going to get resolution of things that he set up in seven and were either ignored or modified in eight. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, one of the things that that was brought up on uh, on uh, my uh, previous episode with the the stack of dimes guys, they uh, it was like, I wonder if it's gonna be something where you can just go from seven to nine and just jump over eight. You know, it's um, it would be interesting. Now, and I'm not in that camp where I'm like, oh, they you know, Disney needs to disavow episode eight and they you know, all all the incels and the MRAs need to get together and put together their Kickstarter and make and remake this movie. I, I am not that guy. It's like good, bad, or indifferent, that's canon. You right. know, it's yeah. and and I mean, because when once you start doing one of those when you're gonna pick and choose, it's like where's the bottom of it? Right. Um and then you're back at the the old extended universe stuff where you have books that can contradict other books and yep it no it a, a good creator can take what came before and make it work i mean exactly for for all the hate i have for the prequel movies watching the clone wars animated series i now have a greater appreciation for episode 2 sure because now the clones have character and um and especially episode three where order 66 happens that has a lot more impact now mm-hmm. after spending you know all these seasons watching them with the jedi so a good creator can can take something that was very disliked and give it a different like make you look at, at a different perspective yeah yeah I, mean, I i i have trust in jj yeah, I, I I agree 100%. Um now uh one one thing I I did want to ask um cuz I I meant to ask this earlier like when we were talking about comic books but I got I got distracted before before I ra- uh asked this kind of wrap up question. But um we haven't talked about toys at all. Did a uh, um and, and I figured that since uh you know a, a lot of the fabric of transmissions is you know very toy centric uh did did you see anything out there uh that uh that you wanted to mention while uh, while we were here well i mean i i am surprisingly i am i've never really been a big star wars toy guy oh okay um i just i've never had star wars toys although i did i like one of my earliest memories is in preschool one of um, the other kids brought in the um, X-Wing that had the little R2-D2 head in it. And yep. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> but I've never actually had many Star Wars toys myself. And I actually won a Hasbro Pulse VIP pass to the Hasbro booth where I could go once throughout the entire time, just skip the line, go in and buy you know what I wanted. There was nothing I wanted. Oh wow! I mean, except unless I wanted to pay two hundred dollars for one of those awesome Force FX lightsabers, which that was not in the budget. Yeah, but that would have been the only thing I, I really wanted. So, and what's sad is I even offered. I was like, 
you know, to other people I knew that were there. I'm like, if, if any of you want to get something from the Hasbro booth, let yeah. me know. You know, I will go with you and we'll get it. No one took me up on it. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah. But I did pick up um, some things at the show. Um, I, I bought a, you'll see it on Transmissions, um, mm-hmm. Trips to the Store for episode 236. Ah, yes. Or, What's in the no, box? Wait, 326. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, three oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I got from Styling Online, their booth, I got a, a Decepticon uh mystery box that was fun nice Um, very cool i I, i'm really excited to to check that out and 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 because i i saw you post about it i'm like oh what's in the box i can't i can't wait to check out that episode i did post a picture of what's in it but um star wars wise we got uh i think amazon had the best exclusives there just because it was the ease of use and i did miss out on getting a like a 68 dollar discounted version of the force of x lightsaber oh okay but they they had their treasure truck there the entire time and if you've never seen the treasure truck because it doesn't go to a lot of areas um it's basically you order the the it's like one item a day you order the item on online Uh uh-huh you you bring your phone they scan the qr code on your phone and you pick up the item at the treasure truck oh so every day they had a different exclusive 10 a.m i would go buy the item at the end of the day because I didn't want to cart it around with me all day I would go and pick it up as we were leaving and that that was the the best way to do exclusives and yeah it I didn't get a lot of awesome I mean there was a, a Lego set of Darth Vader's castle okay that that's pretty cool Ooh. Um, I got an R2-D2 popcorn maker which I, I showed some pictures <laughs> online recently sure it works um what else did we get there was a a smuggler's bounty box that was basically like some Funko Pops and uh, keychains and just, you know, kind of stuff that was all smuggler related, like Lando, Boba Fett, um, Jabba the Hutt, kind of stuff, stuff sure. like that. Yeah. And then the the last day there was this like um, big, I don't know, it's a tapestry or throw or something, mm-hmm. just like a big blanket um, that we got. So... I just I appreciated that just for the ease of acquiring the exclusives. Um, I got some posters from some of the panels, and you know we bought a couple pins and stuff, but mm-hmm. didn't really get any like toys. Um, I think my kid might have gotten something, but sure, we. We weren't really in it for the toys. Um, there were lots of awesome shirts and stuff you could get. Um, I think I came home with like two or three extra Cantina cast shirts because you know they were just <laughs> giving them away. Nice. And I'm always up for podcast shirts. But yeah, I mean the exclusives that they had there were were really awesome. They were just mm-hmm. super limited. Right. Yeah, but you had everyone from you know, like I said, Hasbro. You had, um, um, yeah, you had a Funko presence there. Fun, yeah, Funko, like they 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 were sold out <laughs> like the entire weekend. Yeah, um, I don't know. Pretty much, if you can think of a company that does Star Wars, right. anything, they were there. Um, 
Delray Books was there. Um, uh, crap. I don't know. Pretty much sure. Yeah. Anyone and everyone. And they, they all had exclusives and it was just very limited. And um, I just chose the easy route. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Well, and and um, I, I'm glad you went back and touched on that because I, I remember like seeing you post about like, oh, going back to the, the treasure trunk. And I'm like, I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's yeah, like it was very cryptic. Being in Seattle, you might actually have a good chance of seeing the treasure truck. I mean, just go to the Amazon app and, yeah. you know, have it notify you when they're in Seattle. They they don't really come near me, so this was my first experience. I gotcha. You know what? I I got to get on that because yeah, it's like you know where where I'm recording from. I'm like two blocks away from you know their their uh, South Lake Union headquarters and like the spheres right. and uh, you know all the 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 stuff that you kind of associate with being you know kind of Amazon Central. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I gotta get on that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the. Because I mean, apparently you can get some really good deals. It. it Basically like a a woot but in person. Ah, okay. Very cool. That's a that that's a good way of putting it. So um awesome. Well, um I, I tell you what, Jeremy, this is this has been an absolute blast. I know I know we've been uh uh you know, since since we met IRL at uh at TFCon Chicago, we've been talking about wanting to do something and and I'm glad finally the the uh the occasion came up for us to to really do some podcasting. This is uh this was yeah, a blast. Yeah, well, uh, we'll we'll definitely have to do something uh, uh, similar uh, in the future, and I, I guess uh, before we let you, uh, let you go and part ways for now, um, well, actually, I guess first of all, before before um, you know, give you the opportunity to to plug all of your stuff and all of your upcoming episodes and all the upcoming coverage that uh, uh, that you've got uh, uh, going on, uh, was there any? Any other particular topic that you wanted to touch on, or anything that that we left off that that you wanted to touch on before uh, uh, before we went into plug time? Uh, uh, briefly, I will talk about my struggles with the ReadPop app, which oh, okay. I, I mentioned like a couple hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, it so I work in IT, so I'm more sensitive to IT issues where yeah. you know. A lot of people are like, you know, the app doesn't work and it sucks. And I'm like, why was this not tested, you know, weeks ahead of time? Because the, so like to reserve some of these panels and, um, you know, to do a lot of stuff, you had to use the app and it would either crash or like at one point I had a friend that had an Android phone and I have an iPhone. Oh, okay. We had the app sure. side by side on the panel reservation thing and he had all this list of of panels he could reserve on the same screen i i only had like the first one in the list and then if i scrolled off and then scrolled it back the reserve button was gone oh <laughs> and i'm like so i'm like well lots more android people got into those early panels and i was getting very frustrated and at one point i went to their customer service desk and i'm like you know what's going on this is very frustrating i have missed like two days of panels that i wanted to see and apparently that morning an update had been approved on the app stores that fixed all the problems and then oh. things were working but just 
from an IT perspective, yeah. I'm like, well, one, yeah, the, yeah, you're blaming Apple and Google for not approving the updates, but you needed to have, you know, run this through some very rigorous stress tests, you know, yeah. well before. Absolutely. And it, it's not like this is a new thing. You're read pop. This is your job. This is all you do. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, you know, I, I had experience with their C2E2 app and it, not in the same way. Like this is obviously much more focused, but their C2E2 app was kind of horrible too. Yeah, you know, and to keep things consistent, the the uh, Emerald City Comic Con app is pretty much garbage too. I I, I right. don't even use it. So I mean, yeah, but it's just with, with celebration, you had to use it for some of these things because, like, uh, right, right, you could reserve. They had this thing called the light speed lane in the stores, and like in the show store was just packed the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. So you could make a light speed lane reservation and then just basically walk in at your time. And in theory, that worked great, but we weren't able to do it until like late Sunday when everything was gone. Oh, so, I see. Yeah. So it's just that was my biggest frustration the entire weekend is just read pop needs to do a better job. Uh, if if they were going to if they're if you're going to have so much stuff dependent on the app, yeah. have a backup. There was yeah. no way to do any of this stuff through their website. Yeah. If they had just had like, OK, you know, we prefer you do it through the app, but here's a way to do it log into your reservation on the website and do do the same stuff problem solved yeah absolutely and don't be doing patches mid show yeah you know well, it's like, i mean come on they they said they found it day 1 and they submitted it but apple and google well one it's a weekend yeah and two they have a lot more things to worry about than one particular app sure so, I mean, both of them are huge app stores. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, it just I don't know, from a technology perspective, that was just, I'm like, I can see like multiple ways of having a backup plan and it seemed like you didn't have any. Right. And that's, God, that's frustrating. Yeah, I know exactly where you're coming from, you know, from, from just like an IT person's perspective. It's just, ugh, yeah, yeah, I get so, you. Yeah, and my wife was kind of upset with me over that just because I was getting so upset. And I, I will admit I snapped at some of the, the staffers that I'm sure had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. But I don't know. It was just you, you pay all this money to go to a show and you miss out on a couple of the big things you wanted to see, like the Clone Wars panel. Right, right. That's. Um, but on the plus side, it seems like the streaming stuff was pretty flawless the entire weekend. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it is interesting to where the, kind of this age of technology and advancement, but every once in a while, I mean, I mean, stuff works up until it doesn't, right? And it's yeah, it's like, and we're not we're not quite in the Star Trek future yet, getting right. there, but not not or the quite. Star Wars past. Yeah, there it is. Well, see, we need a little space magic. That's, yeah, that's what it is. It's space magic. But uh, um, so let's uh, let's talk about uh, your your stuff that you're doing with 
with transmissions. Like, you know, uh, for folks that have been listening to us for two hours, wondering what 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 is what is transmissions? Who is this guy? What's I've, so basically, I've done the entire podcast in reverse. <laughs> um, so, but if uh, if you'd like to hype uh, uh, transmissions and what you guys got going on, uh, knock yourself out. All right. Uh, well, transmissions is a um, set of shows all about transformers. Uh, we have uh, the self-titled transmissions podcast that's about the toy side of transformers. And then we have transmissions alt mode, which is all about comics and media. And um, like, for example, the most recent one, I'm not sure when this show is going up, but most recent one we recorded um, in alt mode, we reviewed the first two episodes of beast wars and we typically do the new, the comics as they come out but now that as you said they've rebooted the transformers and there's only a single book mm-hmm. so we're we're trying to figure out what we do in these off weeks so um we made daryl sit through beast wars and he wasn't <laughs> very happy about it um but it's it's fun. We've been going since 2013, mm-hmm. and it's it's just been a blast. Uh, we have a Discord server if if you want to to chat about Transformers, or we have we have channels for everything. So if you want to chat about Star Wars, um, you can come to our server there too. And um, that it's just it's a lot of fun. Uh, lots of great people listen, and mm-hmm. it's been great chatting with them. So um, come out. Transmission comes out on Wednesdays and alt mode comes out on Fridays. Occasionally we'll have an extra show. Um, I just put one up on C2E2 mm-hmm. where I interviewed, uh, I think it was like five or six different people, uh, including um, from the comics world, world Tim Seeley. Uh, he's worked for Image and DC, but he also did a little bit of Transformers stuff back in the day. Um interviewed um, I, I shouldn't have mentioned the name because now I, I can't remember anyone else's. Um, <laughs> it's all good Dan, Dan Kana who's he's oh, doing yeah. work yeah he's doing work on the Transformers trading card game that's really popular right now um, so I I talked with him and just you know a handful of other people and just kind of give people a taste of what one of these big conventions is like mm-hmm. so um I might try to put together something little for celebration, but like like you said, I, I went as a fan, so I wasn't really approaching the show and trying to document everything. Um, but yeah, transmissions is a blast. Uh, it's at transmissionspodcast.com, mm-hmm. and if anyone wants to talk to me, I'm on Twitter at yakko.org. It's y a k k zero d o t o r g which is also the um, domain where you will find my personal podcast, Yakko Yaks, which is, like I said, it it comes out whenever I I get around to it, which hasn't been since December. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're... you're... I keep... I was just going to say, I mean, you're you're prolific on your yeah. other shows. I mean, you know, doing two transmissions, uh, uh, things, uh, things a week that it's kind of hard to have side shows also. But well, it's just with a full time job and a kid and right. stuff. But right. it's like your your brain is like, hey, this is a great idea for a podcast. And then you're like, yeah, when when do you have time? But <laughs> it it's it's something it's more of like an, a, a blog type thing where I just kind of get thoughts out and talk about what's going on 
comics I'm enjoying, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, you would almost say perhaps stuff and things that that might be on your mind occasionally. <laughs> I, I I wonder where yeah. uh, folks have heard of that style of podcasting before, but uh, yeah, it, it it could be described as that. Yeah. Yeah, very so. cool, very cool. Well, uh, oh, and uh, Transmissions has a Patreon also, right? Uh, yeah, we do. Um, if you go to transmissionspodcast.com, you'll find everything. Um, our Patreon, you can get to it through uh, transmissionspodcast.com slash support. And um, we have some Patreon-exclusive podcasts. Um, at certain levels, you can listen to us record live through our discord mm-hmm. and uh, we have some discord channels that are specifically like kind of like the um exclusive clubs uh, i mean not really but it's just if you're at a certain level you, or anyone in the patreon can get access to certain channels that just a non a non-donator charles um can <laughs> get access to so it it's it's fun and you know it it pays the hosting bills so we're very yeah. appreciative for everyone that wants to support us very cool and and you guys do it upright i mean you know uh, you know with uh uh the con coverage and i mean just everything is just it's very slick it's very pro it's, you know thanks it's we you know you would have never known that before we recorded our first episode we had never met that that's amazing. It, that's a that's yeah. a really cool. We, we story. just we clicked right away, and it's been a blast. Awesome, very cool. Well, you know, I I, I tell you what one uh, one of these days when we have more time and are less topic focused, I'd love to get that story from you. Kind of like you know, like the the origins of uh, transmissions, and okay. you know, and and you know, kind of maybe get deeper into uh, uh, some of that lore. Uh, but I think now's as good a time to put a pin in it as any. Uh, uh, before we let you go, Jeremy, any uh, any particular uh, shout outs or any love you want to give or anything that uh, that uh, that you want to talk about before uh, before we part ways uh, sure uh, like we've mentioned a few times the Cantina cast guys like everyone from Earglue Media which is their network um, it was great uh, meeting Albert and Jonesy from, from the Cantina cast and you know, Jonesy happens to be a transmissions um, Donatrion he, he supports our show um, it, it was great meeting them that was awesome and then uh Stargate Pioneer from Gunna Geek and the Better Podcasting Show. Uh, got to meet him, and he was actually the guy I I, I let have my wife's ticket for the episode nine panel. Right. So, okay. Um, it was great to finally meet him in person. So, um, if you're interested in uh, any kind of geeky show, GunnaGeek.com and um, and EarGlueMedia.com for uh, like I said, Cantina Cast and um, the basement Ready Player One podcast. Lots of if, if you like Ready Player One, you need to be listening to the basement. Perfect. I I love it. All right, man. Well, uh, uh, like I said, I mean, this has been an absolute blast. We will have to do it again, uh, hopefully uh, sometime sooner rather than later. We have uh, – oh, and I guess uh, uh, one last thing. I know I'm like on like my seventh last thing. This <laughs> this this podcast has more endings than The Return of the King. I was uh, just thinking that. <laughs> but uh, uh, but uh, do you have any uh, other cons that you have coming up? Are you going to like uh, like Toronto or or DC or any of those other uh, upcoming TF cons? I am 
I, I was originally going to try to make Toronto work, but I've decided since he announced DC, I'm going to try to make DC work. Oh, okay. Um, because Toronto always happens right around uh, my anniversary and my kid's birthday. So it's always, it's hard to do it. And yeah. five years old is a pretty big birthday. So, oh yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I want to try to do DC. Um, I'll be able to see some people that I have never met in person and people that are in that area that can't usually make it out to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So um, if I can make that work, that'll be great. But between now and then, thankfully, I have no cons scheduled. <laughs> I am exhausted. Very cool. All right. Well, I okay. So I I promise I'm done. I got I got I got nothing left. <laughs> so, uh, Jeremy from the Transmissions Podcast and occasionally the Yakko Yaks Podcast. Uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks. This was a lot of fun. And that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to check out my past episodes, including all of my classic KGRG college radio shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, the Stitcher Radio app, Apple Podcasts, and on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. Leave a five-star review on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Radio. Leave a voicemail at 231-224-MIKE. And right into the mailbag, Radio at gmail.com. And that spelling, as always, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T, just like it sounds. For my guest, Jeremy, my name is Mike. This has been Mike Seibert Radio. Tune in to KGRG-FM Monday night for Mike After Dark Returns, celebrating 30 years of today's rock. And until next time, make good choices.